<laughs> What's happening, weird? Oh, right. What? You do it. Oh, yeah. Let's take that again. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> What's happening, weirdos? I'm getting more Very and nice. more like Jane Lynch every time we do it. What's happening? I can't really do it. What's happening, weirdos? What's happening, weirdos? That's pretty good. Uh, so if you guys haven't listened to a Friday episode by now, we record them in the car. So straight off the bat, sorry for the sound of the AC running, but it's hot where we are. Mm-hmm. Two, the conceit is every Thursday we get uh, our wonderful babysitter, Iris. She mm-hmm. comes and we go on our date night. But before we do, we, we pull over in a little parking lot, and we record this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, having been with Leela for the whole week, this is kind of our first chance to catch up. Yeah, we get real manic and um, talk about all the adult things that we wish we could cover during the week when we're with our baby. Which is <laughs> definitely true. We're always having parts of conversations, but then Leela will, you know, um, need something, and we get interrupted. So this is our, our beautiful catch-up date, and we're so happy. That just sounds like a date where you put ketchup on everything. Uh <laughs> Which I'd love. Yeah. I'm a Heinz man. Uh, which is, uh, we're so happy to share with you. We're so glad it means so much to people. There's no ad on these episodes, but as we always say, it's so helpful. If you guys want to support the show, try any of the Pete's Picks. Mm-hmm. Go to foria.com slash weird for a discount on wonderful um, lubrication sexual sexies. Wonderful female <laughs> orgasming sort of wonder, wonderfulness. <laughs> on it.com slash weird. Yeah, wonderfulness. We're going to get better at, at well, talking not, about this. It's not an ad. It's just a mention. I know. I just mean it's funny that we're like, yes. this is our first real <laughs> mention. We're like, you know, for the human orgasm. <laughs> I know. I will get better and better at, at my language on that one. <laughs> on it.com slash weird for alpha brain. Livinglibations.com slash weird for skin care, teeth care, baby care. Healthy, non-chemical, good stuff for your bod and face. And meandies.com slash weird if you want to cover up that tush. That's right. And... Yeah. uh, And at the end of this, this is maybe the longest episode we've done. Because kind of at the end when we were wrapping up, we... um, I I don't even know how it came up, but we started talking about Breonna Taylor and the appalling... um, the appalling decision to not charge her murderers, the injustice, yeah, the the injustice. of it. Um, and so I just wanted to mention, uh, because I didn't when we were talking about it, a lot of people, you know, the first thick feeling you feel is outrage. And then uh, the second question is, what can I do? And we're still figuring out, um, I think, what we all of the, the things that can be done about this. But here are just a couple things in the meantime, and I will keep you posted as I'm learning. You can also follow me at Valerie and Cheney on Instagram, and I tend to post about this stuff as I learn more. So, uh, but some things you can do now: you can follow and donate to Color of Change. It's just at Color of Change on Instagram. Um, you can text the word enough to five five one five six to um, sign a petition to divest in the Louisville Police Department that failed Brianna in this case and invest in the community that they have failed to protect. Um, And three, you can follow BLM Louisville. 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 They rhyme Louisville. 
They rhyme what? That's oh, they rhyme. Learn how to say it's Louisville. Yeah. Um, to give to that's the- my contribution. You're doing this beautiful. <laughs> here's what we can do for positive impact, and I chime in to tell you how I learned how to pronounce Louisville. <laughs> that is a contribution. Uh, no, I want to get it no, right. <laughs> but I'm just sitting back. You're doing great. This is wonderful stuff. Um, so you can, if you follow at BLM Louisville, um, you can you can also give to to the bail fund that they do. Uh, because we have, as I just recently learned, the bail system is inherently racist. So that's helpful um, if you can don- donate to that. And um, you can always find, if you do BLM and then your city, they usually post about um, where protests are happening. Um, please wear a mask, as we did when we protested, um, and be safe. But it's definitely a crucial time to use our voices and show that this this kind of injustice and this devaluing of black lives and black bodies uh, will no longer stand. Yeah. So thank you, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. As much as we did. Yeah. Thank you for doing that, my love. You're welcome. And, uh, yeah, enjoy. Ready? Get, Get into it. Jane Lynch? <laughs> Was it? Yeah. You. Get into it. I oh, can't do it. Is. I can't do it when it's I It's kind of Barbara Cochran. Yeah. <laughs> Real Shark Tank. Tank. Like. All right, get into it. Brain starts breakfast. China, 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 Chinese checkers. You know, the... W- How'd I brain stick in your finger? <laughs> I just wanted to say it. <laughs> Go ahead. The world... Go on, love. <laughs> the world is on fire. How about yours? But that isn't the way I like it. And I oh, am bored. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're a true talent. I think I told you Smash Mouth. I noticed Smash Mouth was following me. That's a huge victory. <laughs> As you're yawning. I'm so... That's a huge victory. I'm so tired. No, but it is... It's silly to mention. I'm sort of embarrassed. Don't... But. That's... Anybody would love that. I feel like at this point, Smash Mouth, I know that they're comprised of people. A group? With, yeah. There's the like guy with the fedora and then... What? <laughs> <laughs> and then... Nothing... <laughs> And then I, I'm just picturing <laughs> you too. I'm seeing the Edge, yeah, the German terrorist-looking bass player, and the '80s model German terrorist drummer. And I'm picturing you too. Actually, I'm picturing the drummer from Blink 182 for some reason. That's a, that's a deputy because I just got Whitmer. You know, Whitmer Thomas knows yes, them. Love. Oh, he knows them. Yeah, I think he knows them. So I reached out because somebody was saying you should have spiders like the oh, yeah. the he must be the bass player it doesn't matter the one that like believes in aliens and ghosts and conspiracies and all this stuff uh-huh. <laughs> somebody was like oh he'd be a good guest and then Whitmer was like I don't know him but I know Mark and Mark is the front guy mm. so that's a funny serendipity that you were thinking maybe we're syncing up we're oh, syncing up mentally. Up. Do you like Finally. Blink 182? No, I don't. That is a for them. that's a great. I'll be sure to tell them. That'll be a great. <laughs> like if you're German, like I'll never forget when I first moved to Los Angeles. I don't know if I told you much about my years in in the the Brian house. My friend Brian. No, it comes up randomly, and I'm always so off put by it because I'm like, what is this like, time? Yeah, like, it's I didn't like a talk. whole chapter of your well, life. Well, it was. It was like three months. My first three months in LA, uh-huh. and I lived with my friends Brian and Jason Zumwalt, 
And mm-hmm. I think I'm trying to remember if, if um, all of them were there. It doesn't matter. Uh, I love them all if they hear this. Um, the post show guys. They're oh, yeah. from the group The Post Show. And they're the f- group of friends that used to go to l- l- L-uh, Lure. Lure with. Yeah, yeah. Brian and I text from time to time. And I, I have, you have those little snapshots of your life that just, they're like memes in your brain. Yeah. Like your brain just hits save on a three second moment. Of course. And one of them is Brian. Uh, taking an oyster. We were talking about uh, marinette sauce, I think I'm saying that correctly, versus cocktail sauce. Mm-hmm. And I had never had an oyster with the vinegar sauce. It's the best. And it is the best. It's way better. It's way better. Yeah. But you think it's like, oh, this is if you really want to like taste the sort of like earlobe of the ocean that an oyster no, is. No, it's do you want to taste salty vinegar? Yeah. And the answer is yes. Yes, you do. And for pickle lovers like us, and you know, I'm a kraut We're lover. We're pickle people, everybody. Oh, um, that's us. Let's just get off the grid. Let's do it. I, I mean, we're pretty much doing it. Yeah. I'll sag my jeans, which I didn't know I was doing until you took a photo of me from behind and my underwear was showing. And you were in the sweetest. Meandies.com slash weird. Innocent moment you went. You were quiet for a little bit. Like you were kind of nervous to ask because you think you thought yeah. you knew the answer. And you just went, is my underwear showing? Most of the time, yeah. And I said, yeah, either that or your butt crack, or your pubes. You said pubes yeah, are sometimes out. <laughs> I wasn't going to share that. No, part. I've known comedians that go on stage and you can see the top line of their pubes. You've never gone on stage. And, uh, that no, no. Before stage is a is a ch- tits and teeth. You know, you're yeah. checking you're checking yourself, but you definitely see me in my most. Uh, Lebowski. Yeah. And my Lebowski is sagging my drawers, apparently. Mm-hmm. Not on, not by design. No. I think it's just, I don't know, the slope of my ass. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Although I would have thought you would have a nice little shelf. I, I do have a nice little shelf. Why I can I put a cup of little don't. tea on it, but I can't hold my jeans up? <laughs> Why do we know that a cup of little tea will fit on it? Why did we Amazon tiny cups of tea? <laughs> Hey, parentheses for ass. <laughs> uh, Be- beautiful. Oh my beautiful. god. Okay, so so many threads. Yeah. Well, Blink One Eighty Two. Grid and be pickled. Oh, and and that's what I want. I want. What we'll do is we'll have weirdos, the people listening now. Uh-huh. They'll each get a weekend. It's going to okay. take a long time. Okay. But you can form pods. Uh-huh. And you guys, the, the people listening, you can come to our uh, farm. Yeah. And I can't tell you what's going to happen. That sounds like we're all going to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a cult. We're watching The Vow right now. The so. Vow is so good. Let's, so we'll get good. to that in a, in a minute, I hope. Yeah. But uh, meaning we can sing songs, we can have a dance uh, party, we can be deep, we can uh, write, a, write an act in a play. Yeah. <laughs> a puppet show. A puppet play. Yes. You get three glorious days in a pod of five. So this will take the rest of our lives. But the only thing I can guarantee will happen is when you arrive and you'll pull up in like kind of like a old beat up Ford pickup that's kind of painted like a salmon pink, but yes. it's fading. Oh, I'm so into this. You guys are in the back, of course. You're sitting on bales, but not of hay. It's actually of barley. <laughs> um, you're sitting on bales of barley. Sting is also there. He's singing bales of barley to the tune of Fields of Gold. You guys hop out. <laughs> <laughs> Invariably, one of the weirdos, when they hop out, and this will always be my favorite one, will land awkwardly. Yeah. You'll sure. almost sprain, but you'll be fine. <laughs> and it will be the closest, because I like that. That's me. <laughs> and then Val and I will say, welcome to the weirdo farm. We're pickle people. That's all I can guarantee. From there, it's... 
<laughs> we don't even give them pickles. I thought it would be like you'd be greeted with a jar of pickles. Well, that's the difference between you and me. You're like, what do we do for our friends? How can we give them gifts? And I'm like, the gift is me saying we're pickle people. That's like, the you're whole well- reason we bought this goddamn farm. <laughs> that's the whole reason we invested in bales of barley, which is twice the price of bales when of hay. You want twice the price of feet bales of hay. <laughs> On the bales of barley. Oh, he does say barley in it, doesn't he? Does he? Yeah, fields of barley. I remember that song. Playing. You forget the. I remember the song. That song playing in uh, my fourth. The first time I heard it, I was in fourth grade, and it was like during craft time. She would play music, and that was one of them. Wow, was, she was in heat. Oh, <laughs> she was in heat. <laughs> If you can't take a break from your erotic, like, that that song, the first time I heard it, gave me a female orgasm. Well, I, I found was, my G-spot when I heard that song. I was in fourth grade, and I had such a kid reaction of, like, this song is boring. It is the most boring song that's ever it, been. It's like, if it were a movie, it would be, what is that, like, The Last Engagement, or what is that one movie that's, like, four hours long? I don't know, so. but that sounds that sounds perfect. Yeah, it was... The Last Engagement. It also sounds like a Steven Seagal movie. Yeah. Where he's at the altar, he gets jilted, and then he kills her whole family. <laughs> oh, my God. I do. That's the point before he kills her. She goes, you don't have to do this. And he goes, I do. <laughs> and then he... That's hers. I mean, it's dark, but remember, it's a campy movie. You remember, it's not us. It's remember, it's not us. I can't we, be held accountable for this real. Guys, I hear this... I am reading the screenplay of The Last Engagement starring Steven Seagal. And I just, I'm sorry I spoiled it, but the last line of the movie is, I do. I'm going to look up. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. No, it's, I should have got a prenup, he (laughs) says to his buddy in Tahiti, which is where they were going to honeymoon. They were non-refundable tickets, so he takes his sort of like softer, over. I don't want to say overweight, I'm going to say softer, hairy partner. (laughs) They go on the honeymoon. The worst ideas are the best ideas. Oh, my God. This is the best idea. I thought this was true. Yes, it's called A Very Long Engagement, and it's a very long movie. Yeah, it's, it's like people like that have completely lost touch. I'm sure it's a great, maybe it's a great movie. It's like My Dinner with Andre, one of my favorite movies. Yeah. But kids can't get over the humor that it's the longest, most boring movie, and it's called A Very Long Engagement. Yes, that's right. And then they remade it with Siegel. That, the five-year engagement. Yeah, but I don't think that was... 100% JK. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, 100%. Stick a little switchblade into the the brick of white powder that is my JK and snort it and go, wow, that is pure, because it's 100%. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On the street? On the street? <laughs> I'm sorry. Most of the, the JK... <laughs> Most of the JKs you're getting are meth. <laughs> Most of the JKs are meth, and they're cut with like Drano, LMFAO. <laughs> the band? I'm no other other. Abri- I can't believe this riff has gone in a lot. You're going like literal drugs. I'm saying an abrev like JK oh. is so pure, and it usually it's cut with other sure, abrevs. Sure, sure, But it's, I don't it's wa- all good. It's I all mean, good. I can't now. I'm like, is LMFAO a band? Yeah, but it okay. means laughing my fucking ass off. Yeah. It started in AOL. I know. Which is also a band, my band, that I just made now. We're AOL. Our CDs come out every day and they're free in the newspaper. One, two, three, four. Do you get it? 
because AOL is free in the newspaper. Wow. <laughs> this I is when I'm old. That it's already this happened. This is when you are older than me. I did you have a time. You remember AOL? Yeah, I remember AOL. CDs? I don't know what you're referencing. Free CDs? You would get free CDs from AOL? Oh, my God, yeah. What do you mean? Constantly. It was like, like if you went to a... CDs? No, 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 to install AOL. Oh. So if you went to a comedy club in the 90s, early 90s, I believe, uh-huh. everyone was talking about what the fuck do we do with all these goddamn free AOL CDs? Because it was just endless AOL CDs. Because because those are like, that's what updates were? The first no, updates? I love how sweet, I feel like you're giving AOL such benefit of the doubt. Like, <laughs> clearly they wouldn't just waste billions of CDs giving people stuff they already had. But that's what they were doing. What? It was definitely in the newspaper. It was definitely... Definitely being mailed to your house. It was definitely at the barber shop. Free, take one. AOL. I'm sure at Harvard Business School they they're like, I'm very excited because today we're talking about the folly, and really there is no other word for it, but the folly of the AOL CD-ROM ad uh, avalanche is really the only word for the folly that is this avalanche. Oh my gosh! <laughs> people are you got to the an insert of the notes people are taking? <laughs> they've written down folly and avalanche, and they've circled avalanche. Oh my god, that's like one of our biggest laughs. That makes me think of which one I remember, but I don't remember it. We were in a birthing class in New York. Oh my god. <laughs> I remember, so but I don't remember. Okay, I'm happy to tell it. So, can you t- can you wait one second? Because I'm so excited and I want to have the perfect music cue. Okay. For when I'm laughing at it. <laughs> yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Okay. Don't don't ruin it. Don't start playing it. Don't ruin it. Phone. Okay. okay. I'm ready. So we're in this birthing class in New York. <laughs> I was going to be giving birth in L.A. But I we can't were, wait. We were doing the birthing class in New York because I was. We were going to be in New York up until like pretty much time to have the baby, and um, and it was a it was a great class, but a lot of it was like this is just to give a little bit of context. A lot of it was like the challenges of giving birth specifically in New York, which is just like... Oh my God, it was. It was like, you're going to want to look at a subway map. Trust me. <laughs> Be careful on the stairs. A lot of pregnant women fall That's down the stairs. That's right. That was a real one. Ha- like... Nathan's hot dogs is the best if you're craving a dog. I was like, (laughs) we're not doing this year. And, but mostly it was the the horrible hospital situation that they have there. Which, by the way, if you're about to give birth in New York, I have a lot of friends who did it and it was totally fine. But this was like, it was like making me so glad that I wasn't going to give birth. The point of these classes was to sort of air out the worst case scenarios. Yeah, because they were like, you'll probably be in triage for five days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And like, you won't get a private room and blah, blah, blah. So, um, anyway, we're taking notes on the things that apply By the way, that's us. not a fancy pants thing, like wanting a private room. Like, oh, yeah. everyone listening should know that... No, it was mostly... I actually got that mostly from the women in the class that they were like, I'm just so nervous about not having a private room. If I was going to force something out of my vagina... Yeah. And, like, I'm sorry, but I can't... I, I'm, it's too weird to have someone else next to me. Yeah. I don't want to poop. When I'm in the airport and I'm pooping, someone comes and sits. I, sometimes I'll wait, wait for that. You do you. Yeah. I want the home bowl feel. Of si- solitude. Keep going. The home bowl feel. It depends on when my flight leaves. 
Oh my god! If it's leaving soon, I'll throw on those noise cancelers and whatever happens, I'm not hearing it. It's your problem. I instantly... I, I don't really do this since having a baby, but, like, I, I've always had, like, pooping in public anxiety, and It's I, just courtesy, really. Kurt, I, Kurt Assey. Kurt Assey. I have a lot of Kurt Assey, but, but I, like, I envy the people that are just like, this is the human body. Oh, God. Have you ever... <laughs> so, my question to you I'm is... I'm wet. Yeah, that was a lot of that spit that lot. came out. I hated it. Um... I was just going to ask you if you have been in this situation where I used to like, if I was pooping in the bathroom, I would only start to poop if nobody else was in the bathroom. Of course. I could do it if somebody was talking. Or By the way, can we just have a tiny sidebar for when you're going to the bathroom, maybe you're on a date back in the day and you really want to poop there because you don't want to poop at their place. So you're like, it's a high stakes poop situation. You're at yeah. the high stakes table uh-huh. and you got a stack of chips that needs to be <laughs> placed on the next hand. You go to the bathroom. You're at a weird oyster restaurant. Uh, and you <laughs> go. You're at Lure. And you open the door, and it's a one-seater. Oh. And not only is it a one-seater, but it doesn't have that push-button lock. It has, like, a dial-turn, chunk oh, that you can actually yeah. see it's locked from your position of squatty-potty yes. vulnerability. Although I will oh, say this. That is divine. A, my mind goes to, like, yes, that is better. Of course it is. But it's worse in the sense of, like... If, if someone you, knocks. Well, if somebody is behind you, it's, like, undeniable who who just pooped in here was you. Whereas in if you're in a stall with a bunch of people, then you're like, who's pooping in here as you're pooping? You say out loud. Oh, my God. <laughs> who's pooping? <laughs> um, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that. Because once you leave, your matter. social contract of anxiety is over. Uh, not for me. You just breathe through your teeth, baby. I can't. If someone's waiting and you just dropped a stink bomb in there and they're standing and you come out, you just go like this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's for. No. No way. Oysters indeed. I would, if I was ever going <laughs> to say anything, it wouldn't be that. I would go. Well, I'm just, telling you, whatever you say is wrong. because No. You're going to disagree. That's right. As soon as I tell you what I, I, I would, if I pooped and somebody was waiting, I would go in there and be like, I think the person before me pooped, so it's not, it doesn't smell great in there. Wow. Okay, so on the scale of, like, poop, public poop anxiety, mm-hmm. I remember Nikki Kroll saying to me, we've probably talked about this on the podcast before, he was like, if that evil's in me, i got to get it out. He doesn't care who's listening. So he has zero. Oh, God. I might be putting myself, it's a scale of 30, which is weird. I'm at about maybe a 20. Uh-huh. But I feel like you're at a 28 if you don't even like someone knowing you pooped after you Even after eating. I never see them, yeah. Because that's where we part ways. And I was at a 30. So this story is, I was in, this was like, I was in my place of work where there was almost never anybody else there. And I was pooping in the far stall and somebody came in. So I was completely silent, probably even pulled my feet up. Mm. And I was just completely silent while I heard them walk in. Okay, you're a 30. <laughs> do wash their hands and successfully believe that no one else was in there and walk out and turn the light off. Hilarious. And it was 
pitched. There were no windows. Of course. Bathrooms are the darkest. You could develop film in the bathroom with the lights <laughs> you off. Could. It was pitch dark, and it was far from the light. Oh, I'm sure. I had to, Sometimes like, it's a motion sensor. I've, like, thrown a little TP oh, yeah, over the wall. Oh, yeah, I used to do that. Because uh-huh. I've, I've definitely been in bathrooms where the lights have gone out. Yeah. But then, it's funny, so it's sort of like common law marriage. No, it's like commonplace sign language. It's not sign language, but it's like body language. That means I'm sorry I shit in there. <laughs> so it's a, so much. But similarly, the single sniff, I feel like, is a code. So if I'm in there pooping, uh-huh. and it's very quiet, oh, somebody yes. comes in, look, you can come in and poop too. That's fine. I just want you to know you're going to be pooping in a room where there's only one other person pooping. So, to give you all the info, I'll go... And everyone knows this is a fake sniff. Yeah. You might as well be going... <laughs> some cue. And I've had the, I've been, I've given the sniff and I've received the sniff. Yeah. And I've appreciated the sniff. Because mm. very often, if there, it is just a, a two CDs, uh, I don't necessarily want to have the dueling banjo experience. <laughs> I, I ask my butthole in that moment, I go, how bad is it? Like, can we postpone the launch? And almost always, my inner NASA is like... Yeah, this is all just made up. You can do it whenever. Well, I feel, and I hate to, like, genderize this, but, like, I do feel Everything's like... Everything's been genderized and politicized. <laughs> I do kidding. feel like, in general, this is, like, a guy thing and a woman thing where, like, I've had you, other men that I've been with, people that, other guys that I know, just kind of be like, well, I can't hold it in. Or, like, I can't hold in my farts. And you're like... Do you know that women just walk around holding in farts? Holding in, they're, we're just full of air and shit. That's what high. We have to wait until midnight yeah. <laughs> when we're finally all alone to just let it all out. Yeah, it's we're constantly sick to our stomachs to the point that we don't even notice it. And now, as I'm saying, this is very unhealthy. We should just let our bodies do the things that they need to do. Let it rip, ladies. <laughs> let it rip. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so we got so sidetracked. But, from- but I do want to. Enjoying you a little bit in that one and say gender genderalize. Um, I, I I relate to that. The the whole thing and we don't have to go into the whole P of it, but the trough at the ball game and all this yeah. stuff, like it was such a I was never taken into this into the jungle and told to kill a lion, but my dad was just like, This is where we pee and I can see everyone's dicks, just a symphony of Ugh. dicks. And, and I'm just like I don't like this. So bad. Yeah, it smells. Hot piss. It's like a it's like a bathtub for Andre the Giant, and we're all just peeing in it. I hate it. I hated. I've always <laughs> there's certain elements. Are you got, wait, Mr. Ima. No, that's Schwarzenegger. No, do it. Do well for your touchstone. Do do you guys want to say bonjour? Do you guys want to say bonjour? There you go. <laughs> now say hey. You're peeing in my hey, bathtub. You guys are peeing in my bathtub. <laughs> Why would you be on me? At least be on my gigantic feet because I have athletes full. Well, being a wrestler is an athlete. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Just just because the outcome is predetermined doesn't mean I'm not bleeding up there. (laughs) It's true. Can we just like. Oh, forget it. I'm just in the mood for nude, man. I'm enjoying talking to you. But we have this hardest laugh story. No, I'm getting the music queued up. Okay, so we're in this birthing class, we're taking notes, and it was like, the notes, we, we had like a notebook and a pen. I was taking notes. And, and we were switching on and off, so like if some, she said something that I wanted to know, I would write it down and Pete would do the same thing. And so, you know, it was like, 
I can't even think of any example. Oh, like squeezing your hips during birth. The, the partner can. Yeah, squeeze. that is where we learned that. Yeah, to, can squeeze that the hips to was release. worth the price. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? That changed our lives. I. I mean, it's I, all about when Val was in labor. I'm behind her, as in a sexual kind of dog style position, mm-hmm. and With I'm. Fists, even, but I'm I think. pushing into her hip bones and pushing them together. Which and that is was the only thing. them up in the front. Yeah. And it was well, that's why it's from behind, yeah. It would have given me kind of any relief, which wasn't even that much. It was, but it was enough that I was like, some, by the end of it, I was like, somebody squeeze my hips. Yeah. <laughs> when the doula showed up at like 4 a.m. and took over. Because at that point you had been squeezing hands, my hips my every three minutes for 50 That's hours. the only argument I can see to being... 50 cru- hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five zero. 15. Um, 50 first dates <laughs> um, to being Kumail buff. Yeah. That's the only that's the only time in my life I've been like it would be really useful to be very strong right oh, now. That's nice. I th- I meant it to be hilarious but <laughs> <laughs> Okay, keep going. So, we're taking notes and she was like I loved this. I thought I mean it was kind of humorous anyway, but she was like once you're in the hospital, you won't be able to eat, so you can you can get the like <laughs> ath, uh what was the goop that I lived yeah. off of? It was like electrolyte goop. It's a lot of stuff for joggers. Yeah. Electrolyte jelly beans. Yeah, and electrolyte jelly beans. Because they were like, I don't want to freak you out, but if they have to intubate you, you don't want any food that you can choke on in there, so you have to eat a lot of goops and stuff. Yeah, they won't let you eat in the hospital just in case. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I just like... I was eating a hoagie, like a Kevin James movie. (laughs) It's just like, let me know when it's out. Dijon mustard, you wake me up and you say good morning, don't you? (laughs) Baloney. You definitely weren't, but that was the point of what she was saying. She was like, so as the partner, you don't want to eat any kind of, like, smelly foods. Just be considerate that you're... (laughs) The person in labor is probably going to be hungry and can't eat. So she was like, you know, no. Uh, <laughs> so Pete's like taking notes of the electrolyte jelly beans and all of that. And it was like, so just like no hoagies or, you know, like kimchi or anything fermented. <laughs> and Pete just wrote down, kimchi is fermented. <laughs> <laughs> So my sense of humor. It's my sense of humor too, and we had we were in a tight circle of maybe like fifteen people, and had the worst church laughter. Yes, I mean we couldn't stop laughing. It was oh the my funniest God. thing. Kimchi is fermented. Kimchi is fermented because it's like <laughs> blending information A with information B to write a new information C, which wasn't offered and is not relevant, (laughs) which is sort of in its own way making fun of how she didn't need to give any examples of stinky food. Like, we all know it's stinky food. I I eat kimchi todos los dias, and every time I open it, I feel bad for anyone, even in the tri-state area. Yeah. That's New England, New Hampshire, and Boston, the three states of the (laughs) tri-state Oh my gosh. Hilarious. <laughs> Sorry to call my own thing hilarious, but that was so funny. I didn't mean it was like that was look, we're having fun. I'm I'm glad to be on our, our car date. I'm we are we really needed this. Mm. Mila turned two yesterday. 
I know. cutest, best baby in the world. I say I know. And I know, Val. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not telling you. I know. She's the greatest. And she's the queen. She's the greatest and the queen. And she's been like... Rocking it. Really uh, like a two-year-old the last two days. Well, I don't know if that's true because I think when you say that... I, I remember Moshi Koshi told me when his daughter turned to like a flip, a uh, switch flipped. Uh. And like, I'm not saying I don't have details on that. He was just like, it, there's a change. Mm. And I don't know if there's been a change, but I do know that she ate some sugar. Yeah, uh, but she never really does. Which, forgive us for being Trey LA right now. But she, but I've, I've noticed in her that she ate some sugar. And I'm always so proud that she doesn't seem to care. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen her like, eat something like cake and then not want the rest of it and I'm like are you my hero I feel like if me and Oprah hung out with this baby it would be like how are you doing that (laughs) (laughs) interesting way to describe that I've always related to Oprah's (laughs) plight with bread and sugar remember when we looked up something about Oprah and the first thing was like it was like you typed in does Oprah and the auto fill was love bread (laughs) hilarious that is so funny. That's up there with how do you stop? I was going to type in how do you stop a dog from barking, looking yeah. for you know ways to train your dog. Yeah. And I wrote in how do you stop? And it, this is sort of sad, but it was years ago. It was pre twenty twenty, pre clips, uh, and it was how do you stop from crying? How do you stop crying? <laughs> and I was like. I did on stage once, but it was a little too dark. But it was like somebody's like, (laughs) to Google. (laughs) Like scrolling. Oh, my God. It was just an excuse for me to make that face, that fun face. It's just a fun face. Well, this is um, our date night. We do need it. Leela got up at 5.30. We got out at 5.40. But she was up at 5.30 this morning. Still quite dark. Yes. And uh, And will be, would have be for another hour at least. And we don't do a lot of baby talk. Yeah. <laughs> but not a lot of No, no. But um, she's also in a place where, like, I have, I, I don't have to, but let's just say, I am not accustomed to not sort of giving her everything. Yeah. And she's been wanting me to hold her while I'm cooking. Yeah. So the things that I've done one-handed... This uh, the past couple of days is remarkable. Yeah. Sort of goes back to the Kumail strength. I'm glad that I'm at least strong enough to easily hold the baby for long bouts. Yeah, which I, I call Beyonce strength. <laughs> More. Uh, I also. Are you cold? I'm kind of cold. Yeah. Great. Maybe we can turn this down and it won't make as much noise. I think we could. Um, oh, it's playing another version of Fields of Gold. So oh, it's Eva Cassidy. Eva Cassidy. Um. I like Eva Cassidy. You do? I one time tweeted to Spotify that I didn't like that it'll do that. That after you play Fields of Gold, it'll just keep playing Fields of Gold. Uh Uh-huh. And they responded with a playlist, and every song on the playlist was called I'm Sorry. No, it was really funny. Did they? Yeah, they've got sassafrases over at the Spotify. That's really fun. It was over the tweetsies, too, so all could enjoy. But I thought that was like a really funny way. I did also go like, oh, right, like they're running a very intricate and complicated algorithmic program that is not free, but it's, there are free versions of it and it's virtually cheap. It's cheap. Yeah. And I'm complaining about this miracle. So they, (laughs) they were right to sort of. That's really great. I love that. Take issue. 
take issue. I take issue with that. What were you saying, my love? I feel like you were saying... Oh, I was just saying, it, we need this. We need this, yeah. We've been getting uh, rocked by Leela quite a bit. She, I mean, we love her so much, we already miss her, but she has just been a little bit, just a little bit more demanding. But not to make it, not to force the philosoph right up top here in the silly portion, but uh, that's life. I, I didn't meaning <laughs> what there's a, what it's like a funny like not to force the yeah that's life but like it is what it is yeah but what are you gonna do <laughs> yeah but it's funny it is what it is and what are you gonna do are sort of yeah. deeply philo- the, the more I study the more I'm sort of like those things that do sort of sound like lines from the Sopranos and they're sort of like things you say when you don't know what to say mm. they're really saying like it's what is yeah, right. <laughs> Which is sort of the key to everything is yeah. to go, it's what is. Yep. Reality reigns, reality rules, and our, you know, we can get to that later. But um, what was I saying? We were talking about... You were, we were saying that she's more demanding and you were like, that's life. Oh, that's life. Is that... Yes, thank you, my love. That, as I always say, pulling the bowstring back. All of my back hurting, my hips hurting or being tired or having to like open an avocado with one hand or whatever it might be um, that's pulling the bowstring back and one of the things I love about doing these chats with you is that it's capturing that moment of release when I used to hate going home for the holidays uh, I'd like to think I'd be better off as we've talked about I feel so reconciled to my parents thanks to in great part to Byron Katie and the book Loving What Is just a little plug every time uh, but I used to be as happy as I get on the plane flying back to L.A. Yeah. Similarly, all any stress that we have through loving and raising Leela with pleasure and joy mm-hmm. is amplified. So that's pulling the bowstring back. And these episodes are releasing the arrow and now it's just sailing through the sky yeah. and towards the target. And it feels really wonderful. Absolutely. In fact, I used to think, sometimes I can think of things a little bit too much in these terms where I am not in, like, in the present. But I, I used to really love the model of, like, finals in college because it was like it will be oh my one God. week, one or two weeks that are so stressful. That's right. That the second you turn in or finish your last final, you are going to feel so good. Well, this is the, the, you're so you're as always right on the same page as me, and I really appreciate that. And you made me think that oh fuck. I'm feeling both incredibly lucid and apparently the floor keeps falling out on me. You just understand me perfectly and it's worth it. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. It's like, that's my problem with like weed smoke or when I was drinking booze is that like when we get into these things where there's no, like here's a, even though I don't drink, here's a great booze. Like you're Mm. in Paris, Mm. you're walking on cobblestones all day. You're going to museum after museum after museum you're exhausted, you're tired, mm-hmm. uh, and let's say you were with your kids, and now they're finally back at the hotel and they're asleep, and you and your partner go down to the bar, and you ha- and you share a, a carafe of wine. Mm-hmm. That is the perfect use of it, because it's a reward. Mm-hmm. You could substitute that with cake, you could substitute that with weed, mm-hmm. and the problem of life 
especially with people with me that have addict tendencies, is if something's good, let's just do it all the time. But that's the same as just like sloppily shooting arrow after arrow with this flaccid, wobbly bow that you didn't give it that time. And this is what I feel like the Tim Ferrisses of the world <laughs> understand what the athletes of the world, yeah. your Michael Phelpses, they all seem to understand yes. that pain or discomfort is the prerequisite to enjoying uh, comfort yes. and pleasure. And I will, I like, I've been saying this so much on this podcast and on, uh, like other people's podcasts. You're seeing other podcasts? I am. One other podcast. Oh my um, God. But I'll just keep saying it because it's so valuable to me. It's expansion and contraction. I, I never, because we're doing so many of these, please just do what I did. And green light repeating things because if you're thinking it again, mm-hmm. have a, let's let's all think it again. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. new anyway, but that's yeah. the whole game is remembering and forgetting and remembering and forgetting. I and have to that's think expansion and control. that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Dark light, dark light. That's it. I mean, and it's not even like what I love about expansion and contraction even more than remembering and forgetting is that expansion and contraction are equal. Like, mm. they're at least a little... They are equal, but that wording at least implies a little bit more equality than... Certainly than light and dark, and certainly than forgetting and remembering. It's like, I... And I had that revelation... Well, they're different sides on, of the same thing. Yeah, That's and right. I had that kind of revelation when we were doing... Um, Five Rhythms to our dear friend Michael Gunger's album, Wei Wu. Isn't that it? Wei Wu? I always call it the wrong one. It's either Wei Wu or Wu Wei. But um, he made like a Five Rhythms album, and we were doing that. And if you haven't looked up Five Rhythms, it's basically just this this idea that your body, or I don't know that much about it, sorry, your body or your energetic field, one or both of those, is... um, has these five different rhythms and responds to these five different rhythms. So anyway, I don't really know about it, even though I've done it quite a few times because I don't really need to be sold on it. I'm like dancing is healing and I'm just going to let my body move the way that it needs to move and respond to the music. And anyway, I had this revelation where I was moving my hands up like with the in breath and then down with the the out breath and Mm. it was just feeling like so good and then I realized like light and dark forgetting remembering expansion and contraction are not any more aren't any less equal than inhale and exhale right like it's like by saying you only ever want light and expansion and and goodness oh my gosh (laughs) I kept oh turning God. down the radio, but there's a guy playing a large... I'm going to roll down the window subtly. Yeah. There's a guy playing a large... There's okay, a guy, what there's we have here is a white van parked right next to us. Oh, no, he stopped. Oh, and there's a man playing a, like, large wooden flute. flute? And I kept turning down the radio while Val was talking because I thought it was Sting. Oh, my God. I bet that guy does know how to play Fields of Gold on that. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um... But anyway, so expansion and contraction aren't any less equal than inhales and exhales. And inhales and exhales are expansion and contraction. The pole, the whole pulse of the universe is expansion and contraction. Right. The tides, I mean, the clues are there for us. Well, this is where Alan Watts, in 
one of my favorite talks. Maybe I said this on this podcast already, but he goes, even a, a single note, oh, as I run out of air, listen to what it is. Oh, I shouldn't have taken such a big breath. Oh, why did I do that? The whole point is that I fall out. Oh, you hear that? It's, oh, 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 it's two things. Yeah. So even a wave of a sound is like up and down, up and down, and you can wow. hear it and you can experience it. Yes. You can do it. Not only is expansion and contraction as close as your heart or your lungs or the, when you talk or sing a note or whatever it might be, but we keep we keep forgetting, especially I feel like in this culture, we just want what we want when we want it and we want more of the good, more of the good, more of the good. When we realize, I think Richie has, Richard Rohr has a great thing where he's like, any talking that's not balanced with silence mm. is, com- is, a, is completely unnatural and a waste. Yeah. So, like, I, one of the questions I actually got was about, they, they quoted Rilke. I still don't know if it's Rilke or Rilke. Can I just say no. this? No. Okay. I'd rather you didn't. JK, please do. Uh, also, in that vein, Eckhart Tolle says, basically, he's like, everything is growth and dissolution. Uh, and he was like, something that only grows and grows and grows and never dissolves is becomes monstrous. That's right. Like, you can't just have only growth and expansion. It's it's monstrous. This is, the seasons of it. I hear that. All right. Sam Sakamoto. Sammy. Sammy. Um, Sam Sakamoto says, um, Rilke, I'm going to say Rilke. Uh, has this quote, I hold this to be the highest task of a bond between two people, that each other stand guard over the solitude of the other. That's the end of the quote. Mm. How do you and Val make time for your own respective passions, stroke, friends, as a married couple with a baby? Mm, And you guys are awesome. That's very sweet. And I thought that, I mean, that's what we're talking about. So, like, even our time together, Chris Rock, no, Richard Pryor has that joke where he's like, he and his wife his wife would complain that you don't have sex with me like you used to. And Richard Pryor goes like, woman, give me three weeks on my own and we will fuck like rabbits. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, there's something really true about that. Yeah. Um, I don't want three weeks away from you, but right. when I have a morning away from you mm-hmm. and boy, as people that struggle with both of us mm-hmm. <laughs> struggle with like codependent, Tendencies and over politeness. Yeah. Learning to say, I just need uh, to be alone, or when you give me the option. Yeah. Like, like Leela has a pe- pediatrician's appointment tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And after I communicated, like, wow, it, it's really wonderful when I have some time to myself. Yeah. Um, th- I got a message from the doctor, and they're like, only one parent can go in. Mm-hmm. So that. I told you that, and I just assumed I would be going, but I would be waiting. Mm-hmm. And then you said, very, lo- and this is what I received directly as love, you were like, "This could well, let's talk about it, because that could be a good opportunity for you to have some alone time. Yeah. So once you realize that, for, and I'm talking about myself, once I realized that it's sort of in the ballpark of like to break up with someone, you don't have to hate them. Mm-hmm. And and to love someone doesn't mean you have to always, always be, with be with them. them. Yeah. It's that's the Chris Rock bit is like um we're constantly texting and calling. It's like you don't have a chance to miss anybody. Yeah. And he's absolutely right. So yeah. that is, as Richie was saying, balancing mm-hmm. these times where we're talking with just like 
for me, honestly, if I'm recording a podcast, that's a three hour break. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a re- and I've said this before, the sauna in our, our other place, yeah. um, is a perfect way for me to just go like, that helped me get over the hump or I'm going to go for a walk is yeah. another more polite for those people pleasery people. Yep. It's way easier to say, I'm going to go on my walk. Or we'll say, both of us will do like, do you mind if I just like take an hour and read and meditate or like it's, and yeah. the, the alone time it is implied, but again, because we are kind of codependent sweeties. I could never it's just be like, I just need to be alone, okay? <laughs> yeah. But you know that if I, I, I know this about myself, sorry, I didn't no, mean to cut please. you off. I'm going to stop talking after this one. No. If I don't take my morning to do the work which, of Byron Katie or read Rami D or Richie Rohr or Robbie B, <laughs> if I don't read and reflect or do the work or meditate or all of them, mm-hmm. uh, I'll have a worse. I'll be a worse partner to you. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like it's a, what, what an absurd world it would be if I was like, "Do you mind if I go take a dump?" <laughs> but you know that if I do, I'll be more f- relaxed in my body, yeah. more flowing, more free, happy. That great feeling you get from dropping a big deuce yeah. is the same. Is is similar to like I need to fill up with good stuff yeah. that'll make me more patient, more loving. Mm-hmm. When I'm doing my work, the, again Byron Katie work. I had an email this morning that was really stressing me out, and I realized that the underlying belief was um, everyone must think I'm perfect. I know we've talked about this before, but it keeps coming up in different ways. Mm-hmm. And this was like, I don't need to be perfect. It's everyone has to think that I'm perfect. And I was like going to reply to this email, but I was like, stop. I went out. I got some coffee on the outside. <laughs> I took it back. And I wanted to reply to the people pleaser in me wanted to reply to this email because the sooner I reply, the sooner they can tell me that it's all good Mm. and that they really do think I'm perfect and special and that they like me. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to rush to that. But I took the time to sit. I did the work on the belief everyone must think I'm perfect. Obviously, question number one, is that true? Mm. Fuck no. That's what makes it so satisfying to catch it. I know so many people that don't think I'm perfect, and that's fine. I still am here. Yeah. And still I'm fine. That's right. So I did that, and then when I replied to the email, just like when I call my parents or just when I'm doing this, this, or this, whatever it is that, or dealing, dealing, uh, relating with you and Lee, Mm -hmm. if I had that what 20 minutes yeah to just do i use the app and just kind of question the thought mm-hmm. i i my heart has been open like a flower this conversation is better because i did that yeah. and i have to do that alone right absolutely i think that that's key is what's tricky is it's so important to advocate lovingly for yourself i mean advocate is not even the right word because sometimes that can get um, that can just get like, I like it. Speak up for yourself. Yeah. I guess advocate is the right word. Absolutely. Um, but like what I was able to say, like ch- I checked in first before I offered, um, because you know, the, the doctor is an hour and a half away. So that's an hour and a half of driving with Leela doing the whole doctor shots thing by myself. And then an hour and a half driving back. And I was like, before I offer this, is am I okay with this? And you also know that if you change your mind... Absolutely. Yeah. That's right. Um, but I was able to be okay with it because the last, like, 
couple days you've done the kind of the brunt of the parenting and I've had a lot of opportunities to... Let me just to... make sure we're recording. <laughs> that was so sweet. I don't feel that way. I mean, at least you've done a, a lot of it, en- uh, enough of it that I have been able to kind of fill my cup with, like, your doing podcasts class, and doing thing. my mindfulness class and, and right. you know. Right, that's very kind. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I have the energy for this and I would like to offer it. It's I haven't figured this out... Um, yet, so that's, I think it's important to share the things in the, on this podcast that we haven't figured out, but like, there is a, I, there, I keep a little bit of an awareness of that, obviously, where I'm like, okay, I have, because there would, there might be a time where you had a lot of work to do, you know, for several days and I was really with Lee a lot. Yep. Where I would not offer to let you have alone time because I would feel so drained. It's one of those we're not keeping points, but you are but sort you of are subconsciously sort of just having an not awareness. Keeping of, points, but having equal. an awareness. Yeah, I mean, as equal That's as what you, you want. can know, because also sometimes it's not going to be equal. So it's more if of you had like a broad, chart. Yep, sorry, baby. Just more of this broad sense of it, because I've said that to my therapist before too. Is what happens is when I am advocating for myself and saying that I need time when I need time, um, I all of this is fine and I have a general awareness of what's equal and I without really kind of keeping score. But when I am starting to like run out of resources and starting to get more tired and feel like I haven't had alone time in a long time it does get a little bit more rigid where it does feel like scorekeeping a little bit where I'm like, I mean, I've just been, I don't really get that upset, but I'm like, I've been doing too much. And then you have to speak up for yourself. And sometimes your boy just isn't aware of that feeling until you tell me. Absolutely. How can, I wouldn't expect you to read my mind, but, um, so, so, and when I those times that I've talked in therapy about that kind of rigid scorekeeping, she's brought up the great point that she's like, "How do you even keep score? Like, are dishes worth having twenty minutes to yourself, yeah. or is taking Lila on a walk equal to changing her diapers? Or you know what I mean? Like, and and when she said it that way, I was like, this is ridiculous and based on nothing. So you want to keep it like a general feeling of just checking in of if you're it's fed a, yeah. or not yeah. not I, I did this that. you should do that I love that you know a general you. awareness of if you're fed or not yeah. it's I do think it's a paradox it's like don't keep a score mm-hmm. but do keep a very intricate score yeah but you're not looking at it but it's sort of happening on a, a subconscious meaning a feeling level that's right don't keep you score, want to intuit don't keep score of like what the person is doing and if that's equal to what you're doing just keep an awareness of your own body and self and if you need what you need and then communicate those needs clearly now we have an easier than usual situation where we are both home and have a lot of flexibility in our schedules so we can offer that that's right I recognize that some people who have kids and are working full time, especially from home, that the when you know it might be way harder to say, "Can I meditate and read a book for an hour?" But 
It's such a There's got to be a way. I feel yeah. like any any relationship, you and I are synced up in so many ways that it was natural and organic. And if it's not natural and it's not organic, I feel like the message could be it's safe and it's okay to say, can we talk about a way mm-hmm. where... And all you have to do is say, where both of us get more of that time to that's, feed ourselves. That's right, yeah. And we also have good friends that are great examples of that. I don't think the Gungers would mind. Yeah. That, like... Lisa or Michael would just be like, I'm going to Joshua Tree for two nights or whatever. And they have, they have a nine-year-old and a three-year-old. Yeah. And it's just like, that's I didn't know that that sort of stuff could exist. Mm-hmm. Or with Rob, when Rob's kids, I forget how old they were, but when is it easy to have children mm-hmm. and would go on a little tour? So people who touring isn't part of their lives, you could still find a way. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, this is how we're making money, which... Uh, pays the rent yeah. it can also just be like your filledness yes. will make everything better I have I love that and I have such a real life example of that we're out which, of time okay <laughs> 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 never gets old um, where you are going away for two weeks to shoot something yes. coming up and well two um, weeks is to quarantine the actual shooting is one, one day. day. Which I, I say that with the prerequisite annoyance, but really I'm looking forward to it as a personal retreat. Yeah. I, I wrote like a letter to myself where I'm like, hi, this is you. I'm having a great time. I'm so fulfilled and so connected. But you need to know that the days of me reading, drinking a cup of coffee, and then writing because I feel inspired are over. And you need to do that for me. (laughs) Like, I love you. You can do whatever you want. But just know that the bulk of my life has been like, if you're inspired, peel off and and write. And that is not happening anymore. Yeah. And I'm not even saying, I'm sorry I took over. I'm not even saying that the work is suffering. I'm just saying I've had to adapt. Yes. And that's one of the things. So this trip is coming up and then I'm like, don't just fucking... Jay it all day in a hotel room. You gotta like do the things that you can't do. Please, please, please remember this guy. And you will feel so much better doing that than you will. We the image I gave was like like waking up with like buffalo chicken wing sauce on, the, on, on the your sheets, sheets yeah. at noon. Like you think that that's the thing. Those are the things that you wish that you could do. Yeah. When you have a baby, but it's not. The, we, when you we, have a baby. When you have a baby. When you have a baby. When you have a baby. A couple of points about when you have a baby. The baby will cry. Yes. If you need to urinate under the giant, he's over there in the bathtub. <laughs> Um, but so you're going to do that for two weeks and then I have a, um, six night silent retreat. That's a a prerequisite for this training with Jack Cornfield that I'm starting in February. And like, what's interesting is I feel guilty about wanting to take that time. Right. But like, it's. So then my mind will go to like, well, it's like I start to compare the two where I'm like, well, on one hand, it's for half the time that he's gone. 
Uh, but on the other hand, we're not getting any money from it, so I don't know if it's valuable. And then, and then, like another voice says, "What you said," where I'm like, "But this is my professional development and my personal development, and, and that's valuable." Better when you're fed. It's just a it's just a same side thing. But I hear you. It, it's very advanced. I never thought I would have a relationship where I could say, Valerie, I'm going to quarantine for 14 days, but I'm not going to lie. The first two days are going to be rocking. Yeah. <laughs> like the first two days uh, are going to be me longer. in a hotel robe that they never fit me. <laughs> but you can see my little cheeks, my shelf cheeks just peeking out of the bottom. <laughs> and I'm sliding around my socks like T. Cruz. Oh. And I, but I've been doing this long enough that I'm like it'll be probably a day and a half where that's oh, really sweet. I hope it's longer. No, no, no. I just mean like the indulgent. Like I can sure. eat this whole cake, and then it actually does become like a retreat, mm-hmm. and just like my roundhouse retreats, the, the silent retreats. I mean, and just like other getaways, spiritual getaways. Uh, it's it's hard. It's work to be alone. Yeah, I forget who said it. Oh man, it's going to be somebody obvious, like the Dalai Lama or something. But it's like all of the world's problems stem from the fact that man cannot sit alone in a room. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. was like, yeah, don't like I could talk about this forever. But the point and the answer to the question is it, I think it's advanced. If, if people are in like a rockier relationship that they know has potential, but I wouldn't rock the boat too hard by just jumping to like. Hey, you know I'm going away for two weeks and you'll be with the baby, but it's going to be rocking. Uh, that has to be earned, and that it, and it's not tit for tat, but it's earned through constantly being safe and proving. Yeah. Like if somebody believes that you put them before them yourself, yeah. Then you can get to the point where it's in the same ballpark as like. I find that woman attractive. Yeah. You know I'm so your guy uh-huh. that it's not threatening. Yep. But I didn't throw that out. I only threw that out after the water was so warm. It was mm-hmm. so body temperature yeah. that I didn't even know I was in water anymore. I wasn't even re- aware I was in a relationship, meaning there's no difference being with you than without you. Yeah. So then I can start talking to you like I talk to myself, yeah. which is like... That talk, listen to older episodes of this podcast for more examples of me being like, why can't I talk to my partner? Why do I have to call Joe DeRosa, you know, to be like, man, the waitress at whatever. I, I, I don't know why I picked waitress at a comedy club. That's such a like, first of all, it's cliche. And second, the it's weird. Yeah. But uh, that whatever. woman I know <laughs> yeah. is so beautiful. Why do I have to call him? Why can't I? Yeah. Why can't we enjoy that? Well, you can, but I wouldn't start there. Yeah, I, I think that's a really <laughs> good because point. most of the women I know are, are waitresses at comedy clubs. To if, be honest, <laughs> if you if you think of your relationship as like a newborn baby when it starts, it's just like with the baby you ha- you want to develop a secure attachment. That's exactly what it is, and you want their first. First, at least few years, at least few years to be all about like the world is a safe place. Now, inevitably, they are going to learn that the world isn't safe all the time. My ther- my wonderful therapist says, "Safe enough? Can you can you be okay with the world is safe enough most of the time?" That's that's sweet. Yeah, um, but like. Uh, there's something to having the foundation of a secure attachment before you get the bad news or the challenging news or whatever. And if you have a secure attachment in your relationship, 
than little things like this person is attractive or I'm going away for two weeks just don't feel like it's just like a drop in the ocean of love that you have. Well, right. Okay, to go with the water metaphor, if there's constantly new water coming in and filling up the lake, then you have water to spare on weird things like I have two weeks away. Yeah. And the times when things have gotten really stressful for us, and I think a lot of people live in this space because a lot of people have just so much on their plate. But the times when things have gotten stressful and maybe we're fighting more are the times when, for whatever reason, we just haven't been able to fill our cups. So you get to that place where of scarcity where you're like, I don't have anything else to give and you don't have anything else to give. And that gets really hard where just times where the examples I can think of are when you're touring a lot and it's like you're like I'm working so hard and I'm like I'm always with the baby it's always it's always you don't appreciate what I'm doing yeah exactly That's, which yeah I, which is just gear. kind of another way of saying I can't I my cup is empty and I can't figure out... That's right. ...or remember how to fill it myself. And that's I when... Need you to fill it. <laughs> Berbiglia and I would always talk about just because my job is fun doesn't mean it's easy. Uh-huh. And that is the voice of the wound. Yeah. And it's a privileged wound, but underneath all of this confidence and whatever is a baby that, one, thinks everybody needs to think I'm perfect. We've already talked about that. But it's also like... Hey, it's not easy for me. I've really, I've really come to terms with in quarantine how traveling is something I acquired a taste for, but I never liked it. Yeah. And I and even um, grinding out a bunch of shows at a club is not that is not easy. Sure. So when I would be leaving, and yes, I'm going with Lara Bites, and I'm having a great time, and the shows are great, and I'm getting uh, all this affirmation and this ego boost, and I get to meet the fans and 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 hang out and. And, you know, again, I'm not boozing it, but back in the day, or maybe I'm smoking weed on the last night and getting giggly with the staff or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, there's a party element to it. But by the way, this is what I mean. This conversation, we've had it, but we earned it because there was enough water to spare for it. That's right. But, But I'm shocked at how it can still sneak up on me. Yeah. But, but it's only when meaning like I, I'm going to be on quarantine for two. There's a version where we would be like, "You think that's fun? I can't even leave the hotel room for two weeks. Yeah. You think this is what I want? Yeah. Like, but but like you need to get more subtle. It's like it's yes, it's hard, and, and it's great. It's nuanced. It's yeah. Like, and and I'm like, and I'll miss you, and I'll enjoy. Yep. Pooping with the door open. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it's a lot of poop talk. That's right. I mean, I just, think that just the, get real. The nuance is. Get nuanced. That's better than get real. Get nuanced. Yeah, get nuanced. And, and yeah, we have a... I mean, this is where it's, like, kind of obnoxious, but people... I always think it's obnoxious when we talk about how great our relationship is. People seem to like it. But it's like we can have these conversations where... Uh, at the root of it, I know I can always find you in the space of, like... Um, it's like having a safe word. Yeah. I, I know can, what you're about to say. Yes. Even in the in the throes of a, of a weird feeling. Yeah. If you're practiced at going, this is it. Mm-hmm. Which is what we always... We've been earmarking our good moments. So when Lee goes down and we're sitting on the couch and we're going to watch The Vow on HBO, which we've been enjoying, mm-hmm. and it's so happy, we always take a moment to go, this is it. 
And yeah. that's my, always my favorite part. Yeah. And when you're in a stressful moment, so much of the spiritual work we do is just about learning to go, wait, mm-hmm. this is it. So mm-hmm. it's like, don't, don't get lost. Don't get sucked into the tornado. Yeah. Feel the emotions, be a human being, express yourself, but just go, wait, that's yeah. it. Just go like, wait, can I do this a little bit more presently, more consciously than I did last time? Mm-hmm. So next time we have the, which I'm sure it'll come up at some point, like, hey, I'm feeling spread thin because I've been home with the baby. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm over here and I, you know, blah, blah, blah. I can't even think of how my job is hard because I'm in a good mood. But I'm over here, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We can go, wait, this is it. Yeah, It's not this again. It's, oh, an, what grace, another opportunity yeah. to go through the mug, the mire, the smog, the yeah. bog, and, and just realize it's not happening to me it's happening for me it's another pitch Mm -hmm. if it's baseball it's another pitch can I hit this one yeah uh, properly yeah that's so well put and I feel like even with specifically with that issue of like I'm feeling underappreciated and it's like I'm feeling underappreciated and you have the nerve to ask me to take time to appreciate you (laughs) you know like you get so defensive Really, it's oh as simple as, for us, the times have been, it's as simple as, like, okay, we'll take turns. I'm going to tell you why this has been really hard. And you say, I just need you to say, like, wow, I hear that. That seems really hard. And, that's and when, then yep. you take a turn. That's right. Tell me why your job is hard. And I will find the place in me that is, like, yeah, honestly... If I were in that position, that would be really hard. That's right. Can you? Well, Katie would say, can you find the place where that's true? Yeah. So when somebody says, you know, I'm trying to think of something somebody said to me recently that was like a critique. Usually you just jump to defend it. But can you be quiet and still enough and honest enough and open enough to go like, I can see where that's true. The example that Katie gives is you're not a good mom. And then she's like, I can find where that's true. Yeah. I travel too much. Uh, I'm in, you know, giving all these talks and I'm not around. Or someone says, you're a great mom. And I was like, I can find that. I'm always uh, connecting and talking with you and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's just like. It's catching your ego wanting to be wronged. Like that's right. Your ego wants, it loves Well, that's it. why the footnotes of when we're expressing ourselves, and this, by the way, is true for just friendships, work relationships, every relationship. It's not just romantic. But it's like if you can just stay conscious enough to have a footnote. So if I'm zero in my belly, I'm so hungry, and I'm tired, and one of my recurring frustrations is um, this people are sometimes interested in the fights we have so my biggest one of my biggest triggers is if I was a dentist I would go out at 8am and I would come home at 6pm and here I am just because my job is fun and just because there aren't regular hours I have to like beg, strategize, negotiate and literally try to escape into this car just to record an intro for this podcast um, because that's my job and I can't even get that's my inner baby goes I can't, I told you, Lee was having a meltdown Yeah, I had to go in uh, this car um, this was when Foria, this was this week, mm-hmm. so Phoebe Bridgers and Foria, foria.com slash weird, for wonderful um, sexual enhancements mm-hmm. <laughs> with plant allies. 
Um, <laughs> that's our sex noise. <laughs> um, but I, so I was ri- writing out the bullet points to talk about Foria, and I could hear Lee screaming. And then she came out, and because you wanted to show her that I hadn't left, because that's part of why she was crying. Yeah. And I said out loud after you guys left, I just went, "Somebody has to do this." Yeah. And that's the voice of my. Well, and even what you said about, like, I have to beg, (laughs) negotiate. That's not true. That's not true. No, it's not true. You just said, I have to do the intro. And I said, okay. (laughs) No, that's when, that's where the work, Byron Katie, comes in again. Yeah. Because that's what, I even got stoned with my brother recently and noticed that the work is in me now. Mm -hmm. So when I go, I can't even get 10 minutes to record an intro it goes, is that true? And I go, no, you're doing it right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there is no problem. But that's what made it come to mind, is you said the ego wants to exist, mm-hmm. and it wants to prove that it's real, and it loves being offended. So the footnote yeah. thing, if I just want to say to you, there's the subtlety in this relationship where I can say, I, I guess you could say I just want to vent. I wouldn't necessarily phrase it that way, but I'm like, I'm grumpy, I'm hungry, I'm tired. I, it just feels good to be angry. Is yeah. that okay? Yeah. And I know you can allow a space for that. Yeah. So Ramdas used to sit with people, just like good therapy, and he said, just tell me the stuff that makes you think you're unlovable. Mm. Watching the vow makes me think this is exactly what some of these crooked, horrible cults do, mm. and then they use this information to blackmail you. Mm. But it is a beautiful thing, and you can do it for free without belonging to a weird cult. You can just go, can I just hear your shame? Can I just hear your fear? Yes. And all I'm going to do is is sit here and be a blank slate for you. And then when we're done, why do you have to do it yourself? It's what I'm doing in my head all day, so much of my day, especially before I sort of course correct, is my brain for no good reason, lobbing me things I shouldn't have said, Mm -hmm. scenarios that aren't going to happen. So my friend Mark Stevick did this podcast and he he had some edits and I was, and he sent them to me and I was like, just to make you feel better, I completely understand. It's been nine years I've been doing this podcast and every Wednesday and now every Friday when it comes out, sometimes I'll be very anxious that morning. Yeah. Did I say something? And I go, you know, it's been nine years and it's never happened. Mm. And yet my brain keeps going. This is the one where you're going to push everyone away and everyone's going to see how nasty and selfish and ugly you are. It's never happened. But these are the things we we need to guard against and, and, and give you an opportunity to hear those petty worries and just go, it's okay. And it's you know okay. what? It's the, the fact. I'm so glad that you said what you usually say, which is, "You. This is this is like the miracle of you." And I and I'll say I'm good at this too. But but sharing those vulnerabilities is what makes me safe enough to hold space because you are starting this by saying. This is something that entirely exists in my inner world. This has nothing to do with you. That's right. Can I just Can I fart? share this with you? May I fart? Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> That's why relationship couples that don't fart in front of each other. Val, you don't, but let's be honest. Uh, 
<laughs> I've read articles about that, and it's like there's something about look, you don't have to fart in front of each other, but metaphorically, it would be nice to be safe. Yes. To just go, do you know I, I have this going on? I, I and it's not me. But the the fr- friends that I have that are in relationships that are really struggling, it is usually because at least one person cannot be vulnerable, and that's it's sad. It's kind of a non-starter. It's sad for for the person that can't be vulnerable. Yes, I'm not judging it. I'm saying no. I've been the person. I've been in relationships that lasted over a year. Where I'm like, I am deeply unsafe to say how I feel. Yeah. In fact, if I do say how I feel, that's a guarantee that in seven minutes, set your watch, I'll be pleading that how I actually feel is the opposite of what I said. Yes, of course. So oh, actually, yeah. I love when you flick a lit cigarette at me. It didn't happen. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. like, that's a terrible thing. Um, yeah. And so when you say... Um, I like I just am I'm tired I'm grumpy I am hungry um can I just like share this with you because it's because I'm it's fun to be angry right now that's a good one what I it's fun to be angry can I just be angry what I instantly hear is okay so this isn't about me yes I can absolutely hold space for that but what most is it most people <laughs> what it seems like most people do is they just lash out at the person and then the person is left to either just assume that that the issue is with them or is like you know is doing the emotional work of like wait a minute i think he's just hungry I bet after he eats, he won't do, you know, right. and like, and you're having to do everything. So right. it Which, does take cl- like very, they say communication is everything. And it really is like, it's so honest. Much. I know this is stupid, but so many great truths are so obvious sounding, but honest communication and transparency. And it keeps reminding me of sex. There's a lot of things do. Everything is everything. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like you and I have that in our sex life, which is, there's a very, in tuned is this is this okay are you with me mm-hmm. sort of feeling from both of us yeah from both that's yeah usually, we do high five. <laughs> oh my god it's like it's not like a traditionally sexy thing I it's love like, that we're but, very in tune but that's that shows up in every aspect of the relationship yeah it's like they say it's like t- figuring yourself out is uh, this is a Ram Dass quote the only thing I can do is work on me and the only thing you can do is work on you the only thing you can do for me is work on you. Yeah. And there's a lot of truth to that. And that goes back, circling back to the answer to this question, which was a great question, Sam, was like me finding that time, even if it is just 30 minutes to sit or be quiet or read, is the work that I'm doing on me for you. Mm-hmm. Even if it's the most selfish, indulgent like, what do you, Valerie, directly get out of me yet again exploring my need to seem like a shiny, perfect golden boy? Mm-hmm. Uh, you get this conversation. <laughs> and I uh, actually wish we could play this podcast if I hadn't done the work this morning. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's what it's what opened me up. Absolutely. And I get the type of, I get to be partners with the type of person who is realizing in real time, like, hey, I don't think I am always right about everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, even just something as simple as that. Or, like... Well, that or, happened today, too. Buddy, sorry, I cut you off. No. 
No. No. No. I'm just saying it's it's maybe not even as simple as always write about something, but is like I don't know. I I think that there's so much benefit to having a partner who is growing and working on themselves. And it means that I don't have to do it for you. At which you couldn't anyway. Yeah. Which sort of goes back to my example that I was so excited I almost interrupted, forgive me, but we were talking about friends of ours and I was like, oh, he just needs a win. Like they were they were like in a low place. I was like, he just needs a win. And then you explain the subtlety of the situation. And it's just such a great thing to be able to say, oh, I was wrong. Yeah. And not ha- we don't have to make a meal of it. I'm just like, I was wrong. Wow. I And then you lovingly said, you didn't, you didn't have all the information. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like when we were driving on this road and there's construction on this road and that means there's no lines on the road. There's just like little flaps. They put those little flappy flaps Mm -hmm. and then the stop sign and I kind of came and there's no line for the stop sign Mm -hmm. and then it snuck up on me and I sort of slammed I didn't slam but it wasn't a graceful stop yeah this is this is if we got married again I'd put something like this in the vows Mm -hmm. in our vows it was like I love when you hear someone singing happy birthday at a restaurant and when you get to the name you'll take a guess (laughs) that was my love example this would be another one it's not as fun but I am in that moment Let's let's honor our child selves. I am what? I'm embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I'm driving the car. There's a lot of, like, machismo. I'm watching all these James Bond movies. That's how I sort of refuel my masculine, uh, whatever you want to call it, my caveman side. Mm-hmm. And he's just such a good driver. He drives a speedboat. He drives a hell. Like, he's just the king. So, like, masculinity and decisiveness and power is tied to cars, for better or worse. Like, that's a masculine yeah, thing. Sure. So, I'm not think, saying that in the moment, but in the moment, I probably feel a little vulnerable mm. that I just jolted the whole family. Mm. And now we've stopped short. And before I could even say, like, I think I started to be like, I, I said sorry. Probably said sorry before we even stopped. Like, sorry. Mm. You just went, that snuck up on us. Like you just were so immediately on my side. That's when the water is 98.5 degrees and you forget you're even in water. I don't even know I'm in a relationship. I don't even know there's another person in the car except that you're like on my well, side. And to be But clear, I've been in a relationship. I had a relationship with a girl. My, the lady said, my father would never drive me like that. That's oh what she said. God. I'll never forget it. Ew. She meant, and I had done something even goofier that put... Like, maybe someone honked at us or something. And she was like, I'm just saying my dad would never drive like that with me in the car. And I was like, boy, it was one of those moments I just wanted to light myself on fire. <laughs> I remember where I was. Wow. I think of it every time we drive by it. That's so crazy. And by the way, let's get Freud on the phone. We are just leaning uh, into that's like... That's why I said ew. Oh, it's ew. But like, I mean, everybody knows that's what's happening. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know why I feel the need. This is an ego need. The need for speed? Yeah. Um, this is an ego need to say like... It's not that when you're saying, I don't even know I'm in a relationship, that I am just, like, such a container of a person that I have That's no... That's not... I hope... I don't... I don't... I, I hope no one took it that way. Yeah. It's it's not like... Well, yeah, if you're in a relationship with a doormat, then you don't feel like you're in a relationship. That's not it. But I, I know exactly what you mean I need a lot of stimulation. This is something that you say often, where you're like, I'm you... Like, if I, you know, if I was, like, I feel really bad for taking six nights to do a silent retreat, 
you would say like I'm I'm you I benefit there's like a, a merging and there's a way to do that where it's codependent for sure but there is a it's more like saying that there's this third thing that we both feed and yeah. then you when you feed that thing we all yourself win. you feed that thing and I the problem moments, is I think in relationships you're feeding someone who sucks <laughs> yeah like someone who doesn't treat you very well, well that's who right. sort of sucks and you let that he's like can I just get a little alone time? It's like, why? So you can rest up to not listen to me at dinner? That's right. <laughs> and that's what goes back to the whole, like, needing to be appreciated thing. What happens, unfortunately, is that people are in relationships, it seems, where where they, they are like, <laughs> if they sat down to be like, I'm going to tell you what I'm doing that's so hard and you'll appreciate me. And then you tell me what you're doing that's so hard and I'll appreciate you. Is that they're they are in a relationship with somebody that they at least feel would be like, no. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, they feel like that person can't appreciate them. But this goes back to what we were saying earlier is there's just, and sometimes I think you and I forget this because we're, we're with each other so much. Um, and then when I meet another person, I'm looking for that frequency. I, I like somebody that has some depth, and depth is usually a word for a wound. Mm. Wound isn't a bad thing, but like I know that they've mm. tasted embarrassment. That's yeah. that's a perk for me. That's yeah. why I said you jump out of the van, uh, out of the pickup, and you sprain your ankle. <laughs> You're probably my person. Yeah. Like I want the clammy-handed, soft doughboys. <laughs> I want the awkward girls. That whatever. I just want the wound. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want anyone to be wounded, but. I tend to be drawn to people that have so what I say contraction (laughs) so there's just and this isn't to like subtly tell people to break up with their partners or anything but I've just been in relationships where I'm like I think fundamentally we're just not the same what I give isn't what you eat and what I eat is not what you give and that doesn't mean you're bad that doesn't mean you're bad it's okay there's someone who's gonna love it it doesn't mean that you're right or wrong I mean I think that is certainly was what it came down to in my opinion in my first marriage was just like oh you show love in this way that just does not register I don't even know that you're trying to show love by doing that and I show love in this way that you might even perceive as like aggression and not like the opposite of loving right and I communicate in this way and you hear a completely different language yeah So, so like you do there are just some people that you're like okay you're not my brand of person we can try to communicate as much as we want but there is no common right, right. ground or language here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there is a certain element of like, there, is this person is this person speaking your language, and do they give and receive love in the same way as absolutely? You do? I and love the I don't know who wrote the love language book, but it always comes up. And yeah. like whatever your love language is, what what feels like love. Some people just aren't that way. And I feel like the argument of that book is like you don't have to have the same one. You just have to know the other person's. And yeah. maybe that's true. But as, as someone who has, has a, the same yeah. one, it's really It's awful nice. nice to have the same one. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear that. That was sort of Jim and Pam, later season Jim Pam. Sorry, guys. But it's okay. I'm stop. Jack Melanson asked me what my favorite Jimmy Eat World song was. I know I did two questions in a row. No. But I thought we could use a little palate cleanse. I love it. And I'm going to play it. I'm going to look for questions while you play this. Because when I was talking about all this um, beautiful relationship success, 
I wanted to remember a time when I was deeply, deeply, deeply depressed because my wife had just revealed, my ex-wife had revealed that she was leaving me and all these things. And, and it's just that heavy blanket that you have to wear uh, sometimes for years. And I, I think I've told this story before, but I was driving, as I always say, in between Dakotas. I was just in the middle of the country doing colleges. Mm-hmm. And it came on the radio that's how long ago this was. There were no you couldn't rent a car and say, "Does it have an auxiliary cable?" If you said that, they'd be like, "Yeah, it's got AC." <laughs> they wouldn't know. And uh, the middle by Jimmy World came on, which it, this is their biggest hit, but it meant a lot to me Aww. because what is this an audiobook? <laughs> it meant a lot to me because in that moment I knew, hey. Don't write yourself off yet. I know. It's, it's only in your head you feel left out. Oh, it's only in your beautiful. head that you feel left out. I love that. There's I even a line where he says, just live right now. So there's a line about... Uh, they, did, they did the podcast. I'm sure I told them all this. And then... It, uh, you get it. And then on Crashing... There's a moment where I'm walking in the West Village and Leaf comes up and scares me, and I'm listening to that song. And that was my own little inside joke just to myself. Costly. A costly inside joke to myself. You have to buy just for through the headphones. I think uh, think his name is Jim Atkins, right? Yeah. Adkins. Yeah, Adkins. Great, great episode. Um, this is dead air, my love. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm not oh, saying you should oh. have been talking. This audiobook has been. Oh my god. <laughs> this audiobook has been presented oh. to you by audible.com. Audible. Wherever Where your books are sold. No, wherever you are, read a book. <laughs> wherever you are, shut up and read a book. This audiobook. This audio book. Um, I was just looking for questions. Okay. This person, this person's. Oh my God. <laughs> Divinity School. I'm in it. Um, people want therapist recs and are mentioning therapist a lot because I think I mentioned mine. Um, I'll just say her name's Jennifer Murdaka. She is in Pasadena, but she's doing everything virtually right now. I don't know if she's taking new clients, but I highly recommend. Her, or you can also reach out to her if she's not taking new clients and she could maybe recommend somebody. Um, but this person said, so this is powerful, powerful, easy, easy, powerful, easy. I don't think so. Anyway, her, her name is, um, Erin McNally. I don't know how to say the thing, but she said, uh, I've just started seeing a therapist. Do you have any tips? So far, we really get on. He knows Byron Katie's work in Ramdas. That's a good sign, right? That is a good sign. Uh, P.S. I really love these episodes. I mean, I think that it's the therapist thing is so. I have muchos tips. You do muchos. Okay, my uh, mine was just gonna say like I think that it's like such a gut decision. Oh, picking your therapist. Yeah, like if I don't know if the tips are like how you know if you have a good one or something, but for me I, I it's like such a gut thing. It's like it's like a 
choosing a partner. It's like a chemistry thing. Yeah, it's like a date. Your first session should be like a date. Yeah. Meaning you should be kissing and drink, <laughs> drinking at a cafe. That's right. Uh, and I would, the other, the last thing I would say is, for me, it's so important, obviously, the embodiment piece. Um, so, I don't know. It depends on what kind of therapy you need, I guess. But to me, I... I feel like just purely cognitive therapy is really limited. Um, so for me, I it has been important to have a therapist who does talk therapy and cognitive therapy, but also brings in the body and somatic work. Yeah. That's it. I, well, first of all, what's your name? McCormack? Aaron McNally. McNally. Rand McNally. Aaron Rand McNally. <laughs> Um, well, you already said it, Aaron, didn't you? <laughs> Sorry, I'm being really weird. You are. Just like DGP, Dr. Gary Penn, whose book is available now, on his bookshelf he had books by Jung and Freud. He had Be Here Now. He had, like, some weird hippy-trippy stuff. And that doesn't mean that came up all the time. Mm-hmm. It really didn't. It almost never did, to be honest. But I just knew that if it got into a space of, like, mystical or cosmic or whatever, I was comfortable to say that. And that was important to me. So if that's important to you, then yes, I think it does help that they know Katie or -hmm. they know Rondos or whatever it might be. But really, maybe it's not muchos, but the advice that I have is don't waste time performing for them. Yes. That's great. And don't don't worry if they're – it really is an act of self-confidence. Don't worry if they're not enjoying it mm-hmm. or that they're not engaged or you're not entertaining them. Yeah. It's like your job is to try and get to the truth. So if you do what I did in my early years of therapy, which is on the ride over, really try to think of what you're going to talk about, that's probably not helpful. And that's why Freud sat behind them and that's why mm-hmm. Freud didn't respond because the point was to make the patient uncomfortable. Mm. Now, we don't have to do that. Yeah. You can go ahead and be a little bit gentler with yourself, but still use discomfort to your advantage by not planning and not putting on a show Mm. because it was always the weeks that I had, quote, run out of things to talk about, Mm -hmm. that you hit bedrock and now you're talking about your parents or you're talking about that weird memory or whatever it might be. You have to do it because there's nothing to talk about. Mm. But that's... Especially for someone like me, I would leave feeling great because I felt like I had given them a show. Mm. Like I was like, we laughed, and I really think I got somewhere. But I only got where I had gotten on my own in the car on the way in. <laughs> like I should be brave enough to be quiet mm. and be brave enough to be honest yeah. and be brave enough to be weird. I mean, like it's really, really – it's their job to hear that you had a dream that you were fist fighting your dad. Like that's – That's the juice. Don't waste it with, I can't handle traffic. Get get a little bit deeper. That's my advice. Yeah, I think that's really valuable advice. And sometimes it's extremely uncomfortable to be seen, like, naked like that. Um, And I will just... That's what the money is for. (laughs) But that's what I like about the money. It's like, let's keep this transactional. Yeah. Here's some money, and you're going to keep this between us, right? But I also... (laughs) Yeah, but I also think that there is something to... Again, of course I do. Listening to your body and and not forcing it to expose more than it's ready to. Um, So, yeah, finding the balance between that. What has... It's happened before 
where I'll tell my therapist, I'm actually really embarrassed to share this with you. And she will just in true form, she will um, be like, okay, can we sit with the embarrassment? Can you sense into that? And basically, and ask my body if that embarrassment is okay to be breached. Like, is it telling me like, no, 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 this is a betrayal if you share this? Or is it more of just kind of like an intellectual embarrassment that that's just warning me, but it will feel really good to share it. Mm. And you can know if you slow down with it, you'll know if it's like, I'm embarrassed, but I do really want to tell you this right? or I'm embarrassed and I can't, I'm not ready. You know, I love that. I think if I went back to therapy, mm-hmm. it would be with a more embodied and probably a female, um, yeah. just because I've loved what you've done. Yeah. And what I did, I started seeing DGB because my father would never drive me like that. I was trying to get the nerve to break up with that person. Yep. And that was my huge issue. Mm-hmm. So I went to see some, and he was perfect. Everybody, well, people that have listened to this podcast for years know that my impression of DGP is, who cares? Yeah. It's very erotic. Like, he's just such a green light, um, masculine, not meaning male, but just like he had that, like, you're not hurting anybody. Your feelings are valid. Like, just be in your power sort of guy. And that's what you needed for that And that's time. what I needed. Yeah. I will say, and I would say this to GGP, I think we had a great session. I think one of the things that drew, drew a divide with me and my parents was that I really took our work and wrote wrote that into the, into the like, tablet, the stone tablets of my mind. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't, that was appropriate. I don't regret it. Mm-hmm. But he was so about boundaries mm-hmm. and he was so about how this that my mother did was inappropriate or this. And that was really, um, important work for me to do. Yeah. And I think on my end, I over identified with that yeah. and I really filled in the victim story and I think I, I bleached out some of the subtlety sure. of my mother was doing. Like, here's a good example. Like, if I was like my mom, um, you know, we made fun of it on crashing. You said, like, sit on my lap or she'd kiss me on the lips or whatever. Mm-hmm. So through therapy, I'm sort of working with and uncovering that that's inappropriate. Mm. And then that forms the belief my mother... Uh, like loved me inappropriately Mm -hmm. Um, and that really presupposes that I know her intention Mm -hmm. that I know that she's thinking like and I can hear some people being like it doesn't matter her intention that's inappropriate just is like black and white that's not okay and I'm like the subtlety that I'm inviting us all to have including myself is that I was going around as if I knew what she was thinking, which was, this is just for me, which was, I really shouldn't, but I can't help myself. I'm going to sit on his lap and kiss him on the lips. And I am willingly and consciously ignoring his wishes and boundaries. I know that he hates this, but I I don't care. All of these things that I had put in her mouth, she'd never said. Mm -hmm. We never really talked about it. So through therapy, and this is not specific to DGP, it's just like, I would always, always, always keep the windows open and the doors unlocked, keep conversations going. And really, the best thing you can do is the work. Do you know that's true? Mm-hmm. And, and keep, keep that in your other hand. If therapy's in one hand, 
I really recommend to keep the work in the other hand because you don't want to swap one story for another story. Yeah. As Ramdas said, he was ne- feeling neurotic and then he'd go see a shrink and the shrink was saying, here, wear my space suit. Mm-hmm. Here's who I'm pretending to be. It works for me. You can also pretend to be a person like me and maybe you'll navigate through the world a little bit more smoothly. Yeah. True liberation is going, wait, all that exists is, 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 is now... Uh-huh. I don't know what's going on in other people. I'm going to look inward. I'm going to look at my own thoughts and my own beliefs and see what stories I'm telling myself and which ones are causing me suffering. Yeah. And some of them go away as simply as like, wow, I didn't know that I was just assuming that my mom was like, I, sh- I really shouldn't, but I'm going to go and make a weird joke or something. It's like, yeah. she was just being who she is. And yeah. Oh boy, I, I don't even feel it anymore. I'm just like we're, we were so close. It, it it it's possible. That's that's the whole freedom and the release. It's possible that it was innocuous, mm-hmm. and even though it it's not happening anymore and it's not going to happen, yeah. I didn't have to become so rigid and angry yeah. and sort of mobilized and militarized about yeah. it. Or maybe you did, and you just no longer. I, maybe that. that's ex- that's why I'm not saying I regret it. Yeah. But I was counting how many years it's been that I've sort of built these walls between me and my mom, mm. uh, and to a lesser extent my my other family. Mm. And I, because we were watching The Vow, and they were talking about how it was twenty years that a do- mother and a daughter weren't talking, mm. and I was like, I'm glad it wasn't twenty years, but it was a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I'm very of the mindset that like you find what you need at the time and it doesn't there's no there certainly is no point in regretting that kind no. of thing it's like it's, it's like regretting the time. of uh you know sort of timely but like i burned down the forest yeah and that's what younger pete thought he needed yeah he needed to say my boundaries are so powerful that I'll fucking nuke you. Mm-hmm. And I don't even need a mom. Mm-hmm. And I am completely self-sufficient. Yeah. And like you are, one of the beliefs was you are like oil and you will slip under the door and I can't control you. It's like, what? Yeah. That's like a dream image. You think your mother is like oil that will creep under the door? Yeah. She's an old woman in Boston. You haven't talked to her in three weeks. In your mind, she's this. You yeah. make her this. Yeah. I, my thoughts are like oil that creep under the door. Right. I need to work on me. She's just as, I really mean this. She's a sweet little old lady in Boston. She's not doing any of that right now. Right. And when that cleared. So, yes, I burned down the forest. But then it regrew. And it's so beautiful that when I'm walking around this new beautiful forest, I can't go, man, I wish I never burned it down. Because it was the burning it down that that prepared the the soil that brought the new life. That's right. So I don't regret it at all. And if DGP for some reason heard that, I don't regret our work together. It's how I interpreted it that I really, and this is the key word, I identified with it. We wrote a new story together that I think there's some valid points to it for sure and it was important yeah the problem that i made was i was like this is this is bedrock this is made of granite when really everything is an unknowable mystery an amorphous mystery you don't you can't even get what you can't get the truth out of yourself and you expect you're going to suppose the truth in somebody else it's really difficult stuff and i actually think that that's giving anybody that authority is very 
is just very problematic, and that's not just because we're watching The Vow, but like you said, no, it is. what I loved, and it made me think of this question that somebody sent, um, what I loved, what you said is it's like Keith Byron Katie's work in one hand, therapy in the other one, I would say uh, embodiment is a part of that, like presence, work. like I think this is why it's important to have an accumulation and not be so rigid that one teacher or one perspective has to be the be all and end all to it, to everything. Like everything has to well, that go goes through to the vow. that lens. That's what I mean. Yeah. If you're, if you're not watching the vow on HBO, it's just a, another wonderful cult documentary where they clearly had some technology, meaning some processes that were, that were liberating people. Yeah. And what I really Doing like about work. this is that they, they didn't skim over that. Mm-hmm. In some other cult ones I've seen, they really skim over the magic parts. Yeah. But then it, if you give your absolute devotion to somebody, mm-hmm. it corrupts. Almost, yeah. It seems almost absolutely. Like yeah. there's, it seems like there's so few groups like that. Yeah. This is why we get new presidents. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like these things need new life. They need new governance. That's right. Spe- yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, please vote for... No, vote for whoever you want, as long as it doesn't rhyme with a Gronald Rump. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I make it political? <laughs> uh, yeah, that guy, he gave a talk recently where he was talking about the good genes they have in Minnesota. I was like, just start oh. talking. Hey, do- who has bad genes? Yeah. Quick follow-up. What are the good genes? And, and Who's bad? What What cities in America would you go to that you'd say, you guys have bad genes? Just oh, to, just let me know. Because I want to know who's on your fucked up oh. racism list. Somebody added this meme. I just want to say this because it, when I read that, I was like, this is not something to be silent about. Mm-hmm. I, not that I'm silent about it, but I try to not be too political on the show. Not all Trump supporters are racist, but all Trump supporters agree that racism is not a deal breaker. Yes. And that's super important. That's when I read so that, I was like, smart. perfect. Thank you. It has compassion to be like, look, I'm not saying you're a racist. Because like we always say, maybe you're a single issue voter. Maybe it's abortion. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Let's look at that as an option. Yeah. But you would rather have a racist yeah. at the helm. That's right. Spewing this fucked up hate. Yeah. To keep that legislature on the that doesn't even diminish the number of abortion. I mean, it doesn't even uh, directly affect. Yeah. Like it, it, abortions are happening. Yeah. And and oh, forget it. I can't. I, I'm not an expert on the numbers. I'm just saying. I like, love that so much. I'm glad that you shared that. And I was going to wait till the intro to to share to talk about Brianna Taylor. But and I, I'll just do it quick. But not, don't why say would that I say for that? Me. Yeah, I'm not gonna. This is oh you know, this. Well, this I think you're saying that to me because I'm usually the one between the two of us that tries to keep the podcast silly beans, and that's yeah. one of the things that I like. I love about having you on the show is you bring more energy. I'm sort of like, I'm atrophying a little bit. Mm. I get overwhelmed maybe. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you're bringing it up. We had a, a terrible injustice occur this week. Horrible. And, um, and I, so I posted about Brianna Taylor and the, the, um, r- ridiculous nonsense that was the lack of charges for her murder. And somebody commented on it, vote for Trump. Wow. And I was like, I oh, deleted it immediately, of course. And I was like, this is... The words are vote Trump. But but to do it on this post... Right. Is 
an act of hate speech yeah. and is directly racist because yeah. it's it's saying that if we start giving this credence you'll be taking away from the love for white men basically and it's you'll saying, be taking away from our pile it's our time yeah it's posting <laughs> oh, on a God. post about how somebody died because of racism yeah vote for a racist president to keep this going I a, know. a president who is not even I don't even think he's pretending he's not racist. If he is, that's ridiculous. You can't. No, this is so. Livia Scott, who I've just she's a comedian in New York. I've just really been enjoying her Facebook posts, and she's really doing the work. I don't know if somebody knows Livia and sends this to her. I just appreciate she's she like telephone polls and she posts these really beautiful things mm-hmm. where she finds the common ground and seems to be actually opening people's minds and stuff yeah. to things like this. Uh huh. Meaning. For as much as I love to talk about, hey, my mom's a Republican, and I was a Republican, and mm-hmm. compassion and understanding, it's like, well, let's cut the shit. Yeah. This guy is talking about, there's, you guys have good genes. He's speaking to white people and saying, do you believe in the racehorse theory? Mm-hmm. You're like me. You have good genes. Then this, this historian who has written extensively about the Holocaust said, as a historian who's written extensively about the Holocaust, I find this type of speech indistinguishable from the early speeches of Hitler. Of it's course. A, what, what is it but testing the waters for, like, the next question yes. is which who doesn't have good genes? That's right. If and I was a reporter, I'd go, do Jewish people have good genes? Yeah, that's w- right. Do they? What do, do black people have good genes? Yeah. Do Latinos have good genes? What about gay people? Is that a genetic defect? Yes. Tell me who doesn't have good genes. If, like, round, boiled ham farmers have good genes, who doesn't? And Sorry to put down what? fucking it's, farmers. That gets, was unfair. I just meant, like... Yes, we live with a farmer. We love you, him. I'm, I don't mean to be anti... I just meant... I was picturing a, a, a boiled ham in overalls with a pitchfork. <laughs> but that does not mean... No judgment to farmers. Um, also, I'm so excited about this because I'm just learning. Well, I knew about this, but now I'm learning about it more in detail. Um, uh, genetically speaking, race doesn't exist. Meaning that person, like a white person, could have more genetically in common with a black person than they could with another white person. Wow. It doesn't exist. It was... It was a made-up thing so that people could, so that white people could feel superior and therefore justify having slaves. That's right. They wanted to have slaves before the science came. Oh, that's right. You told me this. This The, is the even, science pr- uh, is post-dated. Yeah. So they, ha- it, it's like the tobacco company wants to say it helps your T-zone. Yeah. So they fund research to say smoking is healthy. Yes. So we had slaves. Yeah. And then, tell the story, please. I'm sorry. Yeah. So this is all Ibram Kendi, who wrote Stamped from the Beginning, who, uh, uh, which is a book that I'm starting. But I, I got introduced kind of to this theory or reintroduced because I remembered in college them saying, genetically speaking, race doesn't exist. And then they didn't go in more depth about that, which is like, please explain that. That's, yeah. you know, huge. Um, but uh, you can listen to a podcast called Seen on Radio, and the second season is on black blackness. And I believe it's the second episode where he has Ibram uh, Kendi on talking about how race was made. I think the, the uh, title of that episode is called How Race Was Made. Uh, I'm not going to get the facts completely right. I'm going to do my best, but it's it's 
basically like Greeks had slaves, but it was based mostly on climate theory. So it wasn't race based at that point. It was like Greeks came up with this theory that people in colder climates are like dumber and not capable of a free society and people in warmer climates were in general better looking more um just more intelligent sweatier yeah more capable (laughs) warmer Um, they tend to be warmer so they had some slaves that looked more like them than people who they considered to be more equal they considered greeks to be the best make no mistake this is a pattern (laughs) um and then it it started to come where um, I think his name is Samuel Morton was the he's the father of racist scientist and he like did this skull tests where yeah, from he was Django. Oh yeah, he's that like this is, is the part Django. of the skull that shows that they're subservient. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's so interesting. So again, he went into that trying to to find any kind of yeah. evidence for look to me googling benefits of a cheat day after I eat a pint of ice cream yeah, say, right. I, I'm not trying to make light of that no, horrible thing right. but I'm like it's it's after the fact yeah. confirmation bias but it's not even confirmation bias because there are benefits to a cheat day yeah. there is no subservient whatever yeah. divot yeah. God help us and this, is, <laughs> this is another interesting part about it before even the race of science um, there was a basically it was like the, the king of Portugal again I'm not going to get these exact, these details exactly right I need to do better about that but um, the king of Portugal was slave trading from Africa and there were slave trades from a lot of other places mm-hmm. um, to a lot of other places but he was maybe the first to do this um, or at least the first one to do exclusively Africa and uh, someone was hired. Someone, oh, his nephew maybe hired a uh, by by what is it? Somebody who writes biographies. A biographer. Uh, yeah, a biographer. We're raising a two-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Give us, give us. I can't believe give we can be this articulate and engaged for I this know, long. I know. Um, when so, most of my day is, I don't know. Yeah. Picking uh, up poop from a small child's toilet. <laughs> Um, so hired a biographer to write the biography of his uncle, the king of Portugal. So it's supposed to be like a favorable thing. Yeah. And so when he talked about the slave trade, that's when he introduced the idea that the people who live in Africa are barbaric and are like living these really low quality lives so that this slave trade is actually rescuing them into civilization and I think it's Ibram Kendi who says that that he like pins point that person as the father of racism because yeah. it was kind of the first time it was like this race is inferior well, it's to building, white sorry, people it's what we've done with everything this is going to be tricky but please understand I'm trying to understand what you just said. Yeah. There are a lot of myths about why it's okay to kill buffalo. Let's say that. Mm-hmm. And those myths show up, of course, after 
certain peoples were eating buffalo. Sure. And I actually think it's quite lovely. I, even though I don't eat meat, we're sitting in a car with leather seats, so please don't think I'm outside of this conversation. We need ways to understand the world that we live in. Yeah. And the ways at those uh, things is stories. So you're doing this fucking horrible thing. Mm-hmm. Of course, a powerful way to shape how we think about it is is a story. Oh, yeah. And, and of course, that would catch on. That's how the psyche is shaped That's and that right. and that continues to this day if that if he's saying this is when it started yeah. stories are, are it's powerful powerful it's like a spell of course and it has had centuries of effect like the ripple effect of that one move that yeah. powerful story it is what Brianna Taylor died for Right. Like, it's just so... This is what helps me with, with the trans movement, why words are so important. Yeah. Remember on Transparent, where they're on the, the ship, and he calls it a boat? Oh, yeah. And then keep Mara saying. keeps going, like, he keeps... She keeps correcting. It's hard because the actor is a man. Yeah. So I mean the actor, but the character. She keeps correcting people um, that to call it a ship. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Words, words matter. matter. If someone... I've been in... I've known of relationships with a pet name is dummy or whatever mm-hmm. or children we were watching the new season of pen 15 which is great and the brother calls her dummy i was like look i understand and it's heavy shit we're figuring yeah. out like you call someone call a plant dummy yeah. every day for three months and see if you still have a plant yeah that's very that's very interesting i wonder if you would well i know i um i just the, there's like part of me that goes probably and there's part of me that's like definitely not <laughs> So that's what it's like being me. The button on that and what's so powerful about it is that I I was taught this in school. Like, it was always framed, and again, this is convenient framing, as like, yeah, the slave owners didn't know any better. It was like, people didn't know better then. Uh, and, or they were, or even, they were just scared of people who were not like them. But the, what this whole Portugal King of Portugal thing shows is, um, no, make no mistake, they wanted to own slaves, and then they found the philosophical, the scientific, the all of the rationale for it later. Yeah. But the motivation behind it was to own a person, yeah. <laughs> like to own people. Right. This is where the Illuminati comes in. I'm not saying a literal Illuminati. Mm. Talk about mythologies that we need to tell to understand things. When you're like, there's people that know that... Th- I feel like there's this weird evil belief that it's like, no great thing is done without something like slavery. Mm. I don't know if you've ever heard that mm. being kicked around. I think I've heard it in like movies and stuff. It's mm. like every great civilization was born on the back of some group. Mm. And the Illuminati are the people that understand the necessity of evil and necessary evil. And like, you even see this in modern... I just watched Sicario, and it was like the way that the, the DEA is portrayed are these the sin eaters, the people mm-hmm. that do the thing that no one wants to talk about, but in this case, the government... Or in the case of, like, conspiracy, the the Illuminati, they're the ones that are like, yes, you don't want to see how the sausage is made, but if you want the Mall of America, you need to have slaves. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it, but I, I'm, I'm only airing that to yeah. say, look at how silly the stories can be. That right. doesn't... Right, of course you don't believe that. No, That's ridiculous. And it's like the, uh, I'm sorry, you built this this great nation? I don't... 
I don't. But that. <laughs> but I mean, isn't everything we're talking about? It's what makes The Shining such a great movie? If you look at it on the level of like, why is an in, a Native American burial ground such a trope mm-hmm. in horror? Yeah. And why is you know factory farms uh, happening and blood being spilled in whatever way it's being spilled? Mm-hmm. I know those are different things. One's a human beings. I'm not. I'm not saying. But like these are the shadows, these are our collective demons. Mm. So we were talking about like what I would say to you if I just wanted to tell you about my secret shames or whatever mm-hmm. for the for you creating a safe space. It's like that's our country and our world has confessions that it needs to make. And it needs to make exactly. And, and that's the problem with you know, Trump saying that the CDC can't do any kind of cultural training that uh, set, uses the word white privilege. It's that's denying, and that's white fragility. Yeah, and that's the the opposite of saying, "Look, I have, I am becoming aware of my shadow self. I right. need to communicate this because uh, it is affecting the people around me." I just get so nervous because the the world that I grew up in, when these things came up. The white move was always get out of here, Whoa. right? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the attitude. And get out of here Whoa. always beats like a subtle conversation like this. Well, sure, you're, like even, you can't argue with with something that is not um, even trying. That's what I mean. <laughs> not even trying to, but definitely not trying to communicate, but not trying to even argue with you. That's exactly what I mean, and mm. that's what I feel like is so much of the Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, why he's successful is because he's just like, shut up. Yeah. And it's so hard to debate someone. You come in with your accordion files of notes and you're like, that's that's what I worry that we can look like. And then he's just like, yeah, who farted? And like, yeah. Yeah. But even when you and Iris are, are wonderful nanny, we're talking about like not calling me and you. She called us you guys. She yeah she said, she said yeah. I don't know if you guys have and I'm so used to you guys like I don't even th- she corrected herself and she said I'm sorry I shouldn't call you guys you guys because you're mm-hmm. a woman mm-hmm. and then I this is again this is me stopping too short at the stop sign there's like this moment of humiliation that we have to be honest about like mm-hmm. you were more easily humiliated quietly privately mm-hmm. than I think we admit so in that moment I was like wait a minute. I am a guy who, if I'm talking to two women, will always say ladies. It, it, I've, I've done that before. It was cool, I think. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, but come on, if I'm talking to a guy and a girl, I just say guys like you two. Mm-hmm. But then that flare-up of defensiveness was really because I knew that that is pejorative and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm now calling you a guy. Yeah, even just because though, you're with another guy. Right. So and that's the law. If you're next to a guy, you, you become... You are a guy. <laughs> And then, but that's what, you know, what beats that argument is, get out of here. Come, guys. I don't know if it beats it. I'm not saying it it beats it, but it it appeals to a lot of people, and I can relate to this, that get overwhelmed Mm -hmm. when you're like, okay, if I can't call a guy and a girl guys anymore, when does it stop? Mm -hmm. And I always think in Vice McKay's movie of the image of the girl putting labels on Amazon packages. Mm -hmm. And it's like at the end of an overworked day for not enough money, and we're tired, what we want is to turn off. Mm-hmm. And for fuck's sake, you and I do that, and all, all we're doing is raising a baby. Yeah. 
So if you say to somebody who just spent 14 hours putting labels on boxes or whatever it might be doing that isn't really fulfilling and it's draining, mm -hmm. and then I go, you shouldn't call me. That's where you get coastal elites and all this hate. Mm -hmm. It's like it must be nice. Or you, you don't even know it must be nice, but like I don't even have the privilege or the time or the energy to go into my brain and write a new program for if it's two girls say ladies and then you're just like mm -hmm. get out of here and you have a guy that's going get out of here mm -hmm. but he doesn't actually represent you he's just sort of exploiting how tired you are I remember when mm -hmm. Trump was talking about how hairspray might be bad for the ozone and he was like yeah and I was like that's always going to work especially if you're tired angry overworked underpaid scared uh, and and feeling neglected, yeah. the guy that's just up there going like, ah, get out of here, ozone layer. Yeah, I, I was like that. That is the compassion I'll extend today to say I understand that when you're tired, you're vulnerable, and a lot of people are, are tired. Sure, and uh, a lot of people don't realize maybe they're tired, so they don't realize that they are. They, there is a privilege that they have that they don't want to give up. Like that's, that's right, that's right. And that's the next, yes, that's next level. You're so smart. I mean, so that's the whole thing is like you're challenged in that moment because what you're, because you are informed by the, the benefit and the, the um, privilege of being like, I'm the assumed demographic that I'm a guy and I'm yeah, white and, and I should that I'm be successful and I have been winning yes and it feels really uncomfortable and fucking hard to give up any of your power even if intellectually you want to do that once it comes down to okay well this is what needs to yeah, happen you're right you're it right. feels you're gonna have your ego flare-up of like I don't want to do that and that might result in some for some people to be like I'm too tired to do that you're right you're gonna find any reason to not do that yeah and that's I was oversimplifying it it's not just tired it's 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 a I don't want generational be, uh, secret privilege and and yeah. It takes a lot of courage and a lot of empathy and a lot of work to get to a place where you are not only thinking about other people, but you're actively imagining what it might be like for other people. Yeah. I remember somebody said it was, they, it was either in a movie or it happened in class. That's how old I am. But they were like, all you have to do is shoot a basket, crumple up a piece of paper and get in the trash basket. And the front row all hit it, and he was like, and the people in the back row started missing. He was like, well, that's that's what it's like to be, yeah. not a white male. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's like right. you, you didn't ask to be sat there; you just sat there because of your last name. Yeah. But it's the same basket, and it's yeah. the same paper. But you're you're starting back there, and that was one of those formative moments. Yeah, you have to really believe. It's so interesting. I'm taking this um, cultural literacy class on Wednesdays um, called Perspectives, and it's incredible. And the hottest club is called <laughs> Perspectives. <laughs> and they asked us a question that I think they got from um, from someone who I can't remember her name right now. But it was, how do you value? Or or it was it started as, how do you value a black man? And But it really was like, what do you see as the value of a black man? Mm. And like the whole point of it is, most people don't even know they don't really know or internalize the value of the people that they are 
that we're meant to be fighting for. Oh, that's interesting. So it's like, if you're going to give up your power and your position and your privilege, or if you're even going to acknowledge those, you have to really, really believe that this is so unjust and so unfair and so important to fix first. Mm, mm. Like, you have to even get to that point. It's so funny. It's it's taking it out of the realm of just a concept. Mm-hmm. It's like evil is bad and goodness is good but it's like no really what are we what are we talking about yeah beautiful We're I running, love it We're, we are running out of time yeah we went for so long but I am I'm really uh, glad we I got to that I thought this was funny stuff. me too Bubba yeah. I, I just really felt I felt it on my heart I was yeah. like it's it's one thing to be a not that political show but I was like this is this is well past oh yes and I was like, shit, we have this influence. I don't know if we'll be changing any minds, but maybe, no, I don't know. but it's a, it, this is something that, I mean, it came up kind of last week with, um, I think her name is Shannon, um, asking, like, kind of how we reconcile Byron Katie and Ram Dass and all of this work with when there are so many uh, racial injustices happening. And, you know, we kind of gave some answers there, but I said that this is a continuing conversation, and I just want to be clear, like... We use this spiritual work to, or I'll speak for me, I use the spiritual work to try and make my inner world look like how I want the external world to be. And that is so powerful. Mm. And I believe that the work doesn't start stop there. I think that every major spiritual and religious tradition will tell you that it all comes back to serving and loving one another mm-hmm. and to me that this is this is a no-brainer of what our assignment is to serve and love black people and people well, of that's, color in this I mean bringing country. Jesus into it Jesus was always telling stories people forget about the Samaritan Samaria was the most disgusted I don't mean they were disgusting they were disgusted by the other people so Mm -hmm. he's always trying to spin it talking about the most lowly and the the put down and trying to put them in the stories where they're the heroes to show how unconditionally loved and supported by whatever it is that started all of this everybody is and that's why somebody said Trump and evangelicals I mean come on there's there's nothing farther from love your neighbor than what I'm seeing. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Do we even have to say that? I mean, like, yes. seriously? Absolutely. Here's a funny one. Marcus Womack. Have y'all, y'all, mm-hmm. stopped drinking cachava or just taking a break? <laughs> <laughs> For the other picks. We still drink cachava, Marcus, um, but the Pete's picks are ads and cachava is just on a, a hiatus. Mm-hmm. Meaning. But yeah, still great. Yeah. In fact, go to kachava.com slash weird and buy some and, and maybe they'll re-up because I love working with them. I love that. Here's uh, Peter, old Petey Pants. Never seen your DMs open, but you mean... Just like, okay. Anyway, I just wanted you to keep it crispy. This is not a question. <laughs> that's, why, that's why you saw me on the phone. I mean, sorry. Thank you, Matt. I really appreciate Matt Hammond, it. I appreciate it. But I'm it, just looking for a question. But it is hard to, like, totally um, find questions because there's there's a lot of wonderful comments, too. And let's face it, we love those just as much. Um, yeah, there are a lot of wonderful comments. And I, do you, do Val, like, oh, yeah. or Val, have a Christian worship song that you love? 
that's or go back to when you're feeling down? Absolutely. Uh, that's a perfect question. In fact, I keep forgetting that that's one of the games we can play is yeah, do, did you guys do this worship song? Yeah, um, I don't know if I have the energy for that. No, we won't do a full... You're so game. sweet. If you want to, you can. I'm just no, no, telling no, you. I I'm. I wasn't even Ooh, I was suggesting just, I, was, that. I, I just want to be alone right now. Okay. I just need to go on a walk. Yeah. Uh, it just takes some time. I can't hear Be Thou My Vision. I love Be Thou My Vision without getting emotional. Yeah. And it was always the part, riches I seek not nor man's empty praise. But looking back, that used to make me emotional because I wanted riches and man's empty praise more than anything. Right. So it used to be challenging. I don't know if that's still true anymore. Yeah. Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. That doesn't count. That Can I do? Yeah, please. I'm just, I'm just trying to think of one. Well, you had be thou my vision in your first wedding. That's when it made me cry. And but my, that was 20 years ago. And my my version of that was I also had in my first wedding is um, come thou fount of every blessing. Yeah. And Sufyan has a great version of it. Well, if Sufi's doing it, yeah. I mean, I love it. He has a great be thou my vision. He does. Yeah. I've never heard him do that. I wonder if um, I have it on my phone. But it's the one that's like, Sufis. Thou found of every blessing, through my heart to sing thy song. And the one that, the word that always got me, the phrase was, um, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Oh. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? But again, it was because I was doubting and wanting. Yeah, and because I wanted money and praise. Yeah. This is... Gunger has a great Be That My Vision. Oh. Please. If you guys aren't listening to Gunger, G-U-N-G-O-R. And also oh, and Isama. Oh, my God. Forget it. Maybe Forget instead it. of reading a poem, we should just play that song. She wouldn't mind, would she? No. She would love that, I think. I mean, she'd be honored. It takes a while to get into it here. There it is. If you're not in the mood for nude, that's not going to do it for anybody. That's not going to win anybody over to be that my vision. <laughs> um, but for contemporary praise songs, hmm. I j- we were just talking about this, and I always liked, um, I don't know if I would still respond to it, maybe, but when I was really in the world, I loved, um, uh, I can only always, I start to think of it by the, the bridge, which is, oh, I feel like dancing. Oh, it's, it's foolishness, I know. I see in the light. They will dance with joy like we're dancing now. I can sing of your love for But that was one of those ones that I would always go, could I? I loved it because it was all about singing and dancing. Yeah. So, of course, I loved it. That, that was one my always... two favorite things to do. Yeah. I can't think of one I, I really, really... A I, modern one. I like the ones that are Bible verses. I liked As the Deer. As the deer panteth for old English. Lord, okay, soul. this is a beautiful way to end. We'll ask her permission. I'm sure she's fine with it. This yeah. is Lisa Gunger, who now goes by Issa Ma, I-S-A-M-A. And the song is called Hiding. Uh, it is, we both played it on the porch and we just wept. Yeah, I played it and wept and then I instantly went outside to where Pete was on the porch and played it again and wept just as hard. It's so profound and beautiful. And she has four songs out under Isa Ma. 
She's one half of Gunger, but now they're doing their own thing. Uh, and they're all beautiful, but hiding is the most recent. Is there anything you want to... I'm turning the engine off just so we can hear it even better. Yeah. Is there... Listen to how nice it would have been without the engine. I know. Sorry, Sorry guys. Everybody. It's so hot in here. I know. Although it's getting cooler, so, so we might yeah, not maybe have to soon. Do it. Um, sorry, love. So yeah. hiding, is it? Do you need to talk about the themes that are in it, or do we just play it? I mean, I think that it, it's. Well, I can read her post about it. I think that is nice to know. I think it's pretty. Um, Without it. obvious, but it is it is powerful to know, and I want to do it right. Um, so, she said. Um, this song is so close to my heart as it came from some deep soul digging. I began, I began realizing all of the ways I try to be, to please be good, go by the gender script I was given, by the social script I was given. I could see how those scripts postured my body toward the world and how exhausted I was trying to continue in those roles. I could see how sexual assault and abuse held me in fear, how I continue to try to please people who hurt me. I started asking myself, why was I working so hard to please people? Who was that for? And do I really need <laughs> to care about that anymore? Hell no. Mm. <laughs> That's my girl. Okay, here it is. This is Hiding by Isa Ma.
Hung out. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh! Wow. Whew. It's real, um, it's real keep it crispy. Yeah, keep it crispy. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Um, yeah, wow. keep, yeah, that's, yeah. That's that's a real one. Um, thank you for listening. And. Keep it crispy. <laughs> <laughs> More next time. Bye bye. so crispy. so crispy. My ice game make you want to